Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. My name is Ryan. And I'm a, just a good old boy riding my demonic hog. There you go. That's, that's yeah. you. Get on the hell ride. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Insane Ozo, thank you so much for the resub, dude. I think that's what, like 15 months? 14 months? It's crazy. Um, we love you. But, Genu- yeah, genuinely. Our number one fan. Um, so, yeah. So, today, look at us. We're, we're, we're on the show. Hunter's still here. Yeah, we did it. He didn't leave us. Um, today... Uh, we're going to be going over, let me bring this whole stack over. We're going to be going over a little game called, come on, sit down. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, keep the suspense. Hell Knight. Whoa. Yeah, from, um, I'm going to butcher it, Gavril Caroga. Um, they, uh, we have previously nice. reviewed something of theirs before. It's Warpland. Warpland. Um, Warplane is great. Um, Warplane is one I of my have... favorite uh, pages of any RPG ever. Do you know what page Which I'm, one is I'm that? talking about? It's the Sky no. page. Uh, dude, I know it's going to say the Sky page. Yeah, and it's then... such a good page, dude. It's, it's a it's good like... page. And for those, for those of you who have not uh, seen the episode, maybe you've listened to it, but you haven't seen it, but there's a page that has like the, what the sky looks like in the Warplanes at that given time and like kind of the effects that go along with it and it's beautiful like it's two pages it's color-coded and they're like is it six pages or three pages four pages it's two it's two spreads yeah two spreads two spreads four pages did you not see me showing it to the stream yeah yeah yeah. i did i looked down and you were changing down i man uh point being like i love it it's my favorite part of it i mean i like like a lot about war plans but for some reason those pages always really stood out to me no, they're really, really fucking good. I have the war, the original floppy Warpland, um, and then Warpland was put out as a hardback. That's Ooh. freaking beautiful. Um, prior to that, we got Neuro City, um, which there is a um, a the colorblind um, version of this, which I think was put out in hardback too. I said I think I don't know. I backed on a Kickstarter, so eventually I'll get um, that version of Neuro City as well. Um, and can't just you keep play on... like NeuroCity into Warplanes or vice versa? Isn't there like you a? You can, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, <laughs> there's um, like a dimension or a, or a thing that you can do, or or like there's a whole section on how you can put the two together. And one is also that like the Warplanes exist, and like NeuroCities in like a bubble or something, so oh, it like exists okay. simultaneously, but they don't under- they don't realize each other. Um, I like that. I think more creators that create like multiple games should do stuff like that because I'm like, oh, like, what a fucking good idea, you know? Like, such a good idea. Um, Warplant also came with the Forbidden Book of Tangible Reality, which was mm-hmm. a um, like a basically just like a mini book for just like the core rules, which is actually dope. And I I love this. I wish more people did this as well. Yeah, and totally. dope piece of art. It's great. But Hell Knight. I, I went hard it. on the whole stack here. Um, it came with the book, which is gorgeous. This printing, I know you can't see it on stream. Or on podcast. Or on podcast. Um, but all of the color is like raised up off of the book. So it's all Ooh. textured. It's got a little bit of a shine to it. It feels really nice. It's a really, really nice printing. The so, pages hey, Ryan, are really nice and thick. Describe the cover. What, who, what's on the cover, Ryan? So the cover is like, it's kind of like the sun flaring, but the flares are blue. And then mm-hmm. there is a like goat head with a star carved into their forehead and like blood. 
and they're in robes sitting on a throne holding like a black beam of energy um and then it says hell knight limited kickstarter edition like right there which makes me think and hope that there might be like another non-limited kickstarter edition in the future you know um it also came with the it's the iron maiden font almost for where it says hell knight you know oh yeah yeah it really is because it's got like the the things that stick out the sides yeah um it came with a uh gm screen as well oh cool pretty dope pretty sick that's very cool yeah, and then it actually has cool information on the inside that you need, which is nice. Um, yeah, so it's like a full, then, like it's a full mural on one side of the GM screen. The other side's the very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, there's a poster, which is one of the pieces. It's got like the, it's like a studded glove holding a chain. It says it's the Roaring Eighties, and hell just broke loose. Literally, it's a Doom biker RPG. And then last but not least, this did not come with a Kickstarter. It came later. This is the second version of this tape, but it is the Psycho Maze Club I Hate Your Soul sanitized cassette tape with music for Hell Knight. Um, the original version was like a like a yellow and red. This is like a black and red. And then um, HDK 151 actually from um, our friends at Heimat der Katastrophe is mm-hmm. the official Hell Knight soundtrack that's only in digital now, but I do think I just saw on Gavril's page a um, a nod that it is getting to cassette soon. So Hell Knight, that's what we're doing today. And we just, Hell because I'm tired, we went through the entire, almost the entire catalog for uh, for Gavril. Yeah. Um, peripherals, by the way, like with all of this, like very cool peripherals. Oh. Um, I think it's really funny because like, you know, I, like, I have some friends who are like fairly uh, punk, uh, and by fairly, I mean like a lot, and they do a lot of cassette tapes. Um, and in the tabletop RPG space, the, like especially OSR, NSR, whatever um, space, loves cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I have several mm-hmm. now, and I don't have a cassette player. So. Same. Same. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yep, absolutely. I have a ton. I'm, I'm just, here's the thing is I'm looking for the right one. And I actually what I want is and what I've been eyeing is uh, uh, one thing that plays both cassettes and vinyl records. Mm. Um, and it exists because I had one and there's a million of them on Amazon. I just have to find the one that's got like the vibes I want. Mm. Um, but some of them will do cassette, vinyl, CD, radio and have an aux cord. I had one of those before and I loved it because right. you could literally just plug in anything you want. Um but yeah, I got a ton of cassettes and nothing to play with. Actually, complete side note: as we get completely sidetracked here at the beginning of the show, I saw mm-hmm. this uh, thing the other day on Twitter that talked about the music industry and where the money comes from. Apparently, I think it was all the way up to like maybe 2018. 2018 was the first year that I think vinyl actually outsold CDs again in like ten it's or twelve years format. or something. Yeah, it is a superior format. Yeah, like it does actually. It does actually sound very nice. Um... It does. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would be completely okay if everything was like digital and we just went back to like cassettes and 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 LPs and stuff. Like I really enjoy just the. I'm just like, glad that like, my Walkman doesn't skip every time I like jump or go over a bump or like right? climb over a fence. You know. I really wish I still had my um. What was it was uh the the thing from the movie where like you could record stuff or play stuff with it, it had a little mic coming out maybe it was from like home alone or something i don't know someone out in the in the comments will remember what i'm talking about it was a little gray yeah, but remember i'm younger than you so <laughs> oh that's right yeah I'm, I'm a couple years older than you 
But anyway, oh, so hey, uh, we're doing an episode. We're doing Hell Knight. Um, I'm actually going to, for those in chat, you're getting secret surprises sometimes from now on. So uh, let's throw that out there. Um, and uh, I actually did what I wanted to do before. God, I wish I would have nice. taken my Adderall. Um, uh -huh, we got a little uh -huh. we got a little intro here uh, for Hell Knight. So Hell Knight from Gabriel Caroga, um, author of what we just showed, Nursery Warpland, um, as well as a, a card game called Asset. Um, put this out on Kickstarter, funded on January 22nd, 2022 to 1,251 backers for $49,965. This Impressive. is a, a Doom Biker RPG. We'll get into a little bit of, uh, the things before, um, real quick, uh, one line, um, ooh, actually before I say that even, um, I do want to say that because I will forget by the end, uh, Gavrell has a new, uh, Kickstarter coming out for another card game. This one's called Sigil, the Mirrored Reality, Sigil comma or colon, the Mirrored Reality. It is another card game and it takes place in the Hell Knight universe. So Ooh, that is actually okay. up for like the pre-save on Kickstarter right now. Um, I'll try to remember to throw that into the um, into the notes at the bottom. Um, you know where where you find out the info that I put at the bottom. So that's coming out. But uh, real quick, one line. What was your first impressions of Hell Knight? And then we'll hop into it. Um, it, art book, art book. Like this is by far away more of an art book. Than, I mean, it is definitely a hundred percent game, but like this is an art book. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, it, I feel like it's rare that we actually go over very genuine art books. Like we know the the, the very standard is to look back at Merkborg um, or Cyborg, but like this is another great example that I feel like uh, stands up just as tall, I guess, as an art book, um, like mm -hmm. genuinely. So that yeah. that's my impression. Yeah, I mean, because Warplane was the same thing. I'm pretty sure Warplane was like number two on our like art. That makes I do remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This so, one's probably above Warplane for me in terms of like being an art book. Absolutely, I completely agree. I think Warplane was incredibly legible, and I think this yeah. one we'll see. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so yeah, um, I I think I I agree with that 100. I I actually I, my first impression is I love this. I I love pretty much every aspect of this game visually and um, play wise, um, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it with you because I know that I, as far as I can tell from you, you like it. I don't know if you love it. So let's see. Yeah, I I think I, I like this a lot. I don't think it's like gen generally like my my thing, but I think it's I don't think it's bad because it's not my thing, you know. Gotcha. Well, let's let's hop in here to Hell Knight, Ride Beyond and Behold. We're back on that uh, cover I was talking about, so it's, I already described that, but it's a nice cover. Here's the thing, though. I do think I love the cover, but I actually like some of the art pieces in the back better than this, and I think would have made like a cool limited edition cover. Funny, I think that this is maybe I'm scrolling to the back real quick to like I almost use one of in the back as my um, background. Yeah, I like a lot of the stuff in the back. Um, yeah. I think maybe the only piece, actually, this is definitely one of my favorite pieces. The only other piece oh, I, I think love is one of my favorites is um, there's like one that's like a biker and he's he's green and the background's pink. Yes. Um, and I think that's my other favorite. But I personally, I think this is a great cover. 
that's um, what I'm talking about. So that's actually what I use for our social media, and that's actually the cover yeah. for the HiMat tape. So I'm oh, very cool. excited to get the HiMat tape because yeah, because yeah. that looks dope as fuck. Um, I know what a social so, media post looks like. <laughs> yeah, you look at any of those things. So yeah, so <laughs> Hell Knight, um, a Doom biker role playing game by Gabriel Kuroko. So um, I added a double from the front page here, like I said. So uh, there's two version, uh, two copies of the cover. That's not normal in the PDF. Um, I threw that in there so that if we kick the spreads, the spacing is right. Um, nice. Just something for I think PDF people to remember because a lot of people make the PDF. It goes to the book, but like if you're looking at it in spreads PDF, it messes it up if you don't have that one extra cover page in the front. Um, but here is the like intro, even before we get to anything else, like the, like the page that talks about like who did what and et cetera, et cetera. There's this gorgeous page here. It's uh white on black. Um, we're going to talk about this a bunch. So like, here's the thing for those in podcast land, this is an episode to come watch on YouTube. Like this is a legit art book. I'm not going to, neither of us are going to be able to describe adequately how, good a lot of this looks and how illegible a lot of it is so i highly recommend if you listen to this to at least jump to youtube and check it out or go grab the pdf and flip through it yourself um i agree i could definitely say for this one art piece right here that it is a great silver box of exquisite design with six closed eyes one on each side uh, yeah <laughs> yeah we can say that exactly yeah. um because that is the intro <laughs> to the game and what's dope about the original soundtrack to the game is that this page here the kind of like core lore page for the whole book was recorded and sounds fucking amazing um oh actually give me one second gotta make sure it's on all the pages was recorded um and um as the first uh track on that thing so you can actually just literally play that for your players to kick off what's going on and i'm gonna read it i'm not gonna read a lot of the other stuff because there's a lot of lower bits all the way through but i think this one's a really important one to set the entire scene so um as as hunter said um this is the herald the Herald came in the form of a giant great of a great silver box of exquisite design with six closed eyes, one on each side. Several demons had to wearily haul it to the Praetorian halls where the 77 Archons gathered in the absence of their dark master. It says a little something right there. Um, they placed the vexing artifact at the precinct's center for all to behold and a great solemn silence settled just before the wretched lords uttered in unison their grave salute. Why have the celestial come to the kingdom of death and agony? A vibrating hum elevated in crescendo, shaking the hall to its foundations, until suddenly the closed eyes opened and the box unraveled itself in a marvelous convolution. Within, a naked divine child stood proudly, facing defiantly the myriad malformed hordes of darkness. Lords of condemnation, forsaken brothers, heed well. Your rebellious nature has brought your own reign under strife. Many of you have abandoned their thrones, thus risking cosmic balance. You have until dawn to remove these deserters from the realm of man, or else we will declare war. Storm your gates and restore order once and for all. 
As these last words were spoken, an explosion of blinding white light filled the Black Palace, cowing even the grim Death Lords. The angelic messenger was gone, the message delivered, and an outrage soon broke among the ranks of the defiled, a cacophony of blasphemy and cursing that announced the arrival of dusk and the beginning of a hell night. <laughs> just just strong starts right there. <laughs> right? That's what I should have done. I should have had this the the thing on and just boom. Um but um but that's dope. That's dope as fuck. I think that's great opening. Such a great opening. Um there's a page here that's just got a bunch of different Hell Knight prints. Um I'll talk about something when we get to the bottom. I think the page is coming up. Uh there is a contents page, which is immediately almost illegible. Um I but think. it is I will say it is hyperlinked and um, I am pretty positive. It's full of bookmarks too. Um, I know that um, the contents page is hyperlinked, which is fantastic, but I'm, there are no bookmarks. Oh, maybe they're on the copy I'm looking at. Oh no, there's not any bookmarks. Okay. Interesting that of all the things that there are hyperlinks, but not bookmarks. Huh? Um, well, that sucks. Um, but um, all of these are hyperlinked, and uh, but the, the, I'm pretty positive the inlines aren't. So, like, if it references like page 22, those aren't. So, uh, mm. minimal minimal digital tools. Um, I think even just the bookmarks would have been would have been uh, a thing. But okay. Um, but this page is a um, uh, mostly red on white. This is a contents page. Rules, character creation, duties. Duty. Um, uh, auspices, hell rides, um, edges, relics, and rituals, uh, the roaring 80s, hell, the others, hell riding, and the galleria. Um, all set out, yeah, right, because it's not easy to read. Um, another uh piece here, which is fantastic, it is a motorcycle, uh, in front of a skull where the Almost like the pupils of the eyes almost look like the rearview mirrors on the motorcycle. Um, and then here is the credits page, which is fantastic. And when we get to the bottom, I'll explain a little bit. There's a, a great shot on the left here that says Hell Knight, um, like in uh, black splatter of a bunch of red and white death stuff. So writing and concept is Gavril. Graphic design and art is Tomas. Uh, I'm going to say Spicoli, but I feel like there's probably a ch in there. Um, editing and proofreading, the wonderful Walton Wood, an additional layout, Nicholas um Siska. So credits. Uh we got guest writers Annie Lennon uh for this asphalt burns, spills and thrills, and part of the vistas from the hell tables. Brian Shutter, who we know from Bikers uh slash punks table, Christopher Carpenter for the Trail of Tears, uh Pierre Philip Renaud for Roadkill Table, Diego Nagara of Old Skull, um uh, helped inspire the adventure scenario. And in the Galleria we got Federico man, I I thought in my head I feel like I'm good at names, but when it comes out of my mouth it's not. Federico Mazart, uh Brendan Elliott, La Panzonia, Johan Nor is in there. Subhuman the Casey McCall, Hellish Maggot, Clown Prison, Laws, the Eye. Yep. And Dianara. Um there's some playtesters as well. Special thanks to the supporters. And here's an interesting thing right at the bottom. Um, it says some books are meant to be read others experienced. Uh, this one is made with paper, glue, scissors, and a whole lot of love. It is dedicated to Uncle Hugo Kuroga for teaching me to laugh in the face of evil and adversity. So one of the things that you'll see throughout the entire thing, and the book itself does describe itself as an art rule book. Mm -hmm. Most of this book was put together by hand. 
cut from paper, done with like hand done art and then scanned in and then digital editions were made on top of that. I I love it. I think that's such a cool fucking idea. Yeah, there's definitely like there's definitely tabletop books to own physically. And then there are those that don't matter whether or not you own them physically. And I feel like this is a book that you want physically. Like this is a cool like art piece to have in your collection. Like beyond just playing it. I mean like oh, listen, I love playing tabletop games, but as you and I both know, um, especially if you, Brian, you turn around and look behind you, you're like, yeah. <laughs> like you don't always play every game. Um, right. But like, God, this is a great one to have because it just, it feels, it feels like someone made it. That was like an art piece, like an active, like art project that they did over a qu- amount of time. Yeah. There's a lot of heart in it. You know, I do like this. Yeah. For that reason. It's, it's so, it's stunning too. When you think about like, even when you scroll back like a page or two to that page that just has all the different Hell Knights on it, like I can just imagine them like photocopying this and like yeah. pulling it off of the the photocopier. Like it's done in like a very like old school zine way and then scanned in. And then sometimes like my thought, and this is probably what it is, is like outside of maybe some of like the text and stuff, if I feel like it was probably done in person, it was probably done in person, not digitally. And that was really cool to go the whole way through to be like, how the fuck did they get that effect? You know, Um, I will say, though, although that is a massive strength of the project, I will say it is probably its biggest weakness in what we call usability now, because there are uh, there are parts that are r- incredibly difficult to read just because of the colors that are behind some of the fonts, some of the fonts themselves that were clearly done by hand. Um, so we definitely are taking this into account as like, this is an art book um, because um, it the this on Kickstarter, the PDF did come with a read only version, um, which has its own cover and is like a typewriter all the way through yeah it's, would... it's actually really it's kind of it's very nice to look at the read only mm-hmm. the yeah. only thing i will say about the read only is that it does have tell me if i'm completely wrong it has a parchment background right I it's don't like a slight know, like, paper it's like a crumpled paper background it's like right. a yeah so read only, not necessarily super print friendly, because that's a lot of gray printing out on every single page. So I think one that's like just white and black would also be like super helpful. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder about that. I, I could definitely see that. I wonder, the thing is like, there is a rule, like a table rules book for warplanes, like a physical one. You have it. We were yeah, just talking the, about that earlier. Yeah, the, the tangible but reality like, book. This isn't a table book. Like, it's not, I mean, it doesn't no. physically exist. No. Uh, and I definitely would want this for playing this at the table, like physically, like in hand. Yes. Oh uh, my god! Which funny? It's actually funny uh, uh, that the read only is bookmarked. Oh well, I that makes. Is it hyperlinked? And the uh, table of contents is uh, hyperlinked as well. Uh, actually, so that's really interesting. That like. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Again, this is the one to experience. This is so like the one that right. is read only, the one that you could actually sit down and read 
has all the digital tools that we want. I, I mean, I think that I think I think you almost have to look at both together because here's the thing. I I love that I own this, but I would absolutely absolutely fucking love and would have backed the shit out of a version of the read only that's like the bare bones version of Mark Borg with that exposed binding that lays yeah. flat. That's becoming more popular. Like Frontier Scum did it. The Merkborg Bare Bones did it. Um, the new Troika does it. I'm, I fucking love that. I think it's an insanely awesome binding for tabletop role playing games. Um, I would, I would pay a lot to just have that at my table too, and just be able to have both one for flavor yeah. and one to actually play with. So, um, hey, uh, just throwing that out there. Maybe we could get that one at some point. But anyway, uh, thirty minutes anyway. in, we'll get to page one. Um, so. <laughs> We're going to start with the rules. This section of the rules is a lot of like um, like a light purple um, on black. So rules with a pair of handcuffs. So here's the thing about... No, we'll wait for that. So stats, you have four stats. You have guts, style, brains, and grit. You really have three stats plus grit. Um, guts oh, is... It's your, brain, it's your brain's uh, divide. It's a derived. Yes. Yeah, it's divided. Right. Yeah. So um, guts, muscle, brawn, badassness. Um, there's a lot. Here's the thing. There's a shitload of tongue-in-cheek stuff in here that if that I think hits the exact right note all the way through, mm-hmm. and that let's say this. I mean, this has been out for a while, so it's not going to like blow up like Merkborg did, mm-hmm. right? In the sense that it like it spawned its own, you know, like. GM's guild or or DM's guild of extra shovelware. Um, <laughs> it is the exact kind of tone that not the same tone as Mark Borg, but it hit the tone in such a right way that if you hit it in the right way, it's awesome. And when you miss it slightly, it's bad. That like a lot of people that made Mark Borg content didn't hit. Um, yeah, yeah. So it just does that's, hit, is what you're saying. This. I'm saying this hits hard, but anyway, right. I think a lot of people trying to make stuff for this are going to miss that mark. Right. Um, that makes sense. So, but regardless, um, we'll get some of the tongue in cheek guts. Um, you have hit points equal to your guts. So there's stats and then derive stuff. So guts, muscle brawn, and you have hit points equal to guts. Um, style, how damn awesome you look and move. This is also used for athletics, dodging, driving, um, or last impression. Brains, gray matter. Um, gray matter matters. Use this to think on your feet, remember important things, and cast infernal powers. And then you have grit, <clears throat> which is your inner fire. Um, grit is your mental resilience, conviction, and spirit. Your max grit is brains divided by two rounded down. So this is a thing that you will spend, and there are ways to get that back. Um, oh, on the very next page, it says spend grit to, and there's two skeletons, one being hanged and one is a grim reaper. It says you spend grit to make an effort, which is reroll a single dice. If your failure turns into success, describe how your character overcame the obstacle. Love that. Or to do a stunt. Describe your action in the most extreme, over-the-top way possible, and then roll normally. A success counts as a crit, which you may describe with your GM's guidance. Attack steal damage equal to guts, plus any damage modifier. So... When you do a stunt, that's what the attack's equal to. So how to do something. This is a page that we're going to talk about. Okay. How to do something. First of all, this is one of the first pages I read where I was like, damn, this this kind of hurts. There's an awesome like snake skeleton behind the entire mm. thing in white on purple. But trying to read black over a mix of like lavender and white 
broke my eyes a little bit. This is one of the first pages this one I is went. Not the one where I started getting bothered. Oh, actually, no. There's there's way worse, but this is the first one where I was like, oh, this is gonna be hard to read. Hmm. Um. So how to do something? Describe what you want to do, how you want to do it, and your intended outcome. The DM determines the corresponding stat, and you roll two d6. Results equal to or below that stat are successes. You want the highest number without going over, just like in Blackjack. So it's a 2d6 roll under system, and you roll under the appropriate stat. Easy fucking peasy, right? Easy. Okay. Let's look at something else, and this is not to beat a, a, a dead horse from the past, but we will bring it up. <laughs> I want to bring this up right now. So this... I have no idea what's about to happen. Yeah, this is from Warplant. Okay. So I just brought this up on the page. The entire first paragraph right is the same thing as these three lines uh-huh when we did our first review this kind of broke our brain and really made it difficult to parse the rest of the time. rules yeah it we we understand what it says but my gosh was it difficult to read i'm gonna read it out loud um so when a player wants his or her character to do something he she must first describe how he she wants to do it and his or her intention then the game master will indicate the attribute corresponding to that action the player must then roll 2d6, parentheses, two six-headed dice. If the result is equal to or less than the attribute number corresponding to that action, then the action is carried out successfully, and the game master narrates the outcome. If the result is greater than the attribute number, then the action fails, and there will likely be a consequence described by the game master. We understand what that says, but when reading that the first time, the technical language of that was is so unnecessarily difficult to parse. And I know we beat the... You're muted. I'm not muted. I'm talking to myself. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> this is definitely a vast improvement. It's insane. Like, I think, and this is even what we said before, like, this could easily be done in three lines. Um, and this was, was our biggest knock on Warplane was a lot of the rules language was written like this. It was written way too technical jargon in over explaining stuff, like really just was not we did not enjoy reading the rules for this to the point where at the end of the game, I honestly didn't really understand how to play the game completely. Um, and then we cut to the thing that I just read. It's so fucking good. Like it's such a massive, insanely yeah. good improvement to the rules language. And I'll say the entire thing through here. There's not, a, there's very few parts that I had to reread to understand the rules. And the rules language is written in such a, an easy parsable way night and day and it's the exact same system as far as i can tell night and day this is exponentially better and reading this helped me vastly understand neurocity and warplane better and this is so fucking good so shout out gavrel like good fucking job turning this into a much more um understandable readable version of this basically the same thing like absolutely um so basically as we said 2d6 uh, equal to or below the stat. Your character concept and background determine your specific skill set. Whenever you attempt to do something you're unskilled at, you get a minus two. Um, DM tip. Aiming at an eye, disarming, special maneuvers, give a stat a minus one penalty. Um, crits uh, results of eight or higher. They're a highly effective action that must be described according to the DM. In combat, a critical success causes a roll on the critical hit table. So basically, again, it you want to get as close as you can without going over your stat. But if you have a stat higher than eight 
and then you get eight or higher, that is a critical success. Um, and then difficulty modifiers. Some actions are more difficult than others, like doing like re like making this freaking book is what's in parentheses. Um, that was one of the first ones that cracked me up. Um, I the first time I read it, I thought I said like reading this freaking book, and I was like, yes, that's true. Um, but basically, um, yeah, there are a whole page on difficulty uh, modifiers. So uh, represent these variable difficulties by directly affecting the stats you're testing. Um, easy is a plus one, medium is zero, hard is a minus one, um, and then very hard is a minus two, and almost impossible is a minus three. Uh, complications um, are rolled on a one one or a six six, and they cause a new problem in addition to your current situation. So, um, a one one succeeds barely with a complication, and a six six fails with a complication. Um, and if you're dodging, you take a critical hit. So the only way to like critically succeed something is to get eight or higher on right. your check. There's not, and so then you don't have a stat that is higher than an eight. You're just like you can't crit. You can't crit that. Okay, no. I very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I do. I think I, I think I do like that. Um, it's do, a much I, more brutal. Um, it's like yeah, now everyone's that spectacular. You know, I really did like the um, rolling doubles as like a complicated um like like baking in a partial success essentially mm. um yeah i really did like that rule a lot um it's a smart way to do it with the system as well yeah it's really interesting this is such a like divorced system from other 2d6s you know what i mean like yeah it's a, definitely its own thing yeah it's not a mixed success the way that a lot of the things are figured out like it feels and again reading this i felt so much more comp like confident knowing how the system worked than yeah. previously uh in the same system and there's so many little parts where i'm like that kind of feels like a lot and you go actually it's really easy it's a lot of like plus one minus one um and it's basically it's it just becomes 2d6 roll under which is super enjoyable as we go through um but like you said, the one ones and the six sixes, like both being like, well, you're fucked yeah. one, you're just fucked a lot more. <laughs> really cool. I really like that a lot. Um, I also love this. It says warning. If a player drops their dice from the table, it also oh, causes I'm, the complication. Such a great part. I read that. I was like, oh, it's amazing. Like, I like read. I, I might just adapt that into like other games. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, bro, you roll off the table. That's a <laughs> That's going to be a, a complication. Yeah um there are a lot of tables did you just want to bring up a dice roller now because i'm gonna have you yeah, roll let's bring times. One now. i, I should have um, just i know there's tables in this and i should have mm -hmm. started with one open you all roll on the combat complications yeah combat complications a d6 here uh two uh break your precious weapon or run out of ammo why are you so bad at this I I love this. I love the trip and fall one says try harder, baby. Try harder, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, number six, mentally exhausted and frustrated, lose one grit. It's been a long night and I hate the fucking eagles. Um it's great. Um so uh hit points are equal to your guts. Restore one hit point after resting for two D six hours. Um I will say I kind of wish this had its own little header and it's not a big deal, um, but you're kind of yeah. like in combat complications and suddenly you're just in your hit points. It very much slides into hit points suddenly after combat comp complications. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess I'm okay with it being here, like in this part of the book. Um, yeah, a little subheader or something. Because I, I, 
I started to scroll past it as I like, mm-hmm. as I was going through this, and I was like, oh wait, hold my HP. Yeah. yeah. Without the bolds at the bottom for the wounded and heavily wounded, like I would, I would scroll past it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hit points are equal to your guts. Restore one hit point after resting for two to six hours. That's fucking brutal. That's that's very little healing. Yeah, um, that's I, incredibly little, especially if you roll high on those two d six. I love it. I will say the system is brutal as fucking. I love it so much. Um, I just rolled have... twelve, by the way. I just want you guys to know. I just rolled double sixes on my uh, resting uh, roll. So that's a complication. Twelve hours to get one HP yeah. back. <laughs> there you go. Um, there's also some uh, modifiers once you're damaged, which I love. Wounded is half your total HP or less. You have a minus one to all actions. That's brutal as fuck, like honestly. Mm-hmm. And then heavily wounded, you only have one HP left, minus two to all actions. So there's a very heavy, like, um, I hope I'm using the the jargon correctly on this. It's a negative feedback loop, whereas things get bad, they just keep getting worse. They just keep getting worse. And I feel, I feel like that's really cool. I am one, I've pointed out in a couple of different games we've gone through that like, when they add rules, they're like, oh, as you get injured, you get worse at things. And I'm like, yeah. That makes complete sense to me. Like, yeah. um, I think the last time we talked about was tunnel goons with the enemies that get easier to hit um, as they get close to death. I'm like, because they would, right? Like, also, yeah. If, let me tell you, if you're on, if you're on death's door, or if you get the shit beat out of you, like, you're gonna be bad at get uh, avoiding getting more shit beat out of you for a time. You know, Hunter's like, listen, when I was on death's door after getting the shit beat out of me, let me tell you what, like, that's saying, how man. it is. Listen, you yeah. take a couple shots to the face, and then, yeah, you're going to have a hard time climbing over the the fence that you're trying to get through or whatever, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Riding your I, dog over a casino terrace, whatever it is, you know? Yeah, I, I, I dig it. I like this. Like I said, this system is super fucking brutal. Like, it you is, better yeah. hit hard before you get hit hard, you know? Um, going into combat, combat is fast, dramatic, and deadly. Role played accordingly. Um, players should clearly, eloquently, and awesomely state their actions and intentions. And the GM describes consequences uh, in appropriate detail. In combat, only players roll. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, the GM says, has better do. literally says in parentheses um yeah so um an action is attacking casting sprinting reloading an action is not dodging moving shouting giving the middle finger um movement a pc can move twice style in feet while performing an action or they can forfeit their action to sprint twice at a normal movement honestly it i in this kind of game tying specific movement to style. I don't think getting rid of that changes anything. Style already has enough things associated with it. So it's not a stat that wouldn't be tied Mm -hmm. to anything derived because I would, I would, I would just switch this to like a Merc Borgie, like roughly a room kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I definitely wouldn't do gridded combat with my hell, right? You know what I mean? Like, I completely agree. I did notice that as well. I, I mean, but it's, it's hard when we go through these because I know I have such a bias. Um, but like every time they talk about move distance and anything we go through, I'm like, oh, you mean I'm just going to do <laughs> I'm just going to do whatever I want, <laughs> whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I just I just ignore it completely. Like I can only go 30 feet instead of 35. I'm going across this room, you know, yeah, that's no, not me, my players. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I think style is a good enough stat that stands alone. That it doesn't really need yeah. like a drive like that. It has it has, and style actually is like one of the primary stats in the I mean they're all three important but style mm-hmm. is a huge part it it affects a lot of the other like your entire DC we'll get to in a little bit is affected by style but style is also what you use to dodge so like 
not having it as a drive staff for movement is it makes sense that it is that one because it is dodge. Totally. If but, you were going to have movement as a drive stat, it makes 100% sense, sense like how it is here, and it's not overly complicated. I just think it's unnecessary. Yeah, I just would get rid of it. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, and I think we talked about this last time. I would rather, I don't remember when we talked about it, but I would rather, oh, in Demon Crawl, I would rather have the rule and then be able to ignore it than for the rule not to have been like um, thought about and presented. You know what I mean? Right. Like this makes perfect sense. Totally. I'm going to ignore it. But it makes perfect sense. I believe, and it's cool. Uh, we, you have the license to to ignore it as somebody who's like gonna run this game at your table. I think it's good in here, and I think if somebody wants to run the grid and needs that rule, and some people like that very tactile, they like uh, you know, not me, but some people. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I, I'd rather have it and then be able to ignore it than not have it and wonder what the intent of movement was. Um, initiative. Each player tests brains. If successful, they act before the enemies. Failure means the enemies go first. DM decides PC order based on dice rolls and context and whatever. Love that. Um, yeah. Uh, it got it has a breakdown of the stats. So initiative, you roll brains, attack, you roll guts, dodge, you roll style. And then on dodge, uh, you roll style or below. Remember, only PCs roll. So whenever you're attacked, test dodge to avoid damage. Unless you're into that kind of thing, no judgment, you do you. Um, damage is included in attack and dodge tests, except stunts. Okay, so this is the part that it's easy to parse in here, but it takes a second for your brain to wrap around. Right. Um, and then the NPC section is a little bit different too. So when a PC attacks successfully, the enemy takes damage equal to the highest rolled dice plus weapon mod. Page 20, not hyperlinked. Um, uh, rolling eight or higher triggers a, triggers a crit. Page 22. So you're rolling 2d6 to hit. If you succeed, let's say you rolled, I'm not even going to say that because there is a great example of play we're just going to get to. Um, so, and that's when a PC attacks. When a PC fails to dodge an enemy's attack, they take damage. This is the only part that feels, in my opinion, like a little bit crunchy, but I think you get used to pretty quick. So when a right. PC fails to dodge an enemy's attack, they take damage. Subtract the PC's style from their total dice roll then add the weapon modifier, so the enemy's weapon modifier. A six six on the dodge test triggers a critical hit. So you can be critted. If you roll a six six, that's really bad for you. You get critted by the enemy. So anytime you roll, you take the total dice. So say you roll a five and a three, that's an eight, and your style's four, you take four plus weapon mod. I think it's the only part that feels like it makes sense, but it feels in my mind, I was going through it. I was like, it feels a little clunky because you have to know like three, four different things to like do some quick math, but the math right. is pretty small. And then I think about like playing five E and I go, okay, I roll yeah. my dice. Then I add my modifier. Then I subtract AC. Oh, so I hit. So let me roll uh damage again, but then I also have to roll my spell damage. And I have to do this. It's way less than that still. And I'm trying to re I'm trying to think ahead to the rest of the rules. And I, I think this may be, Hmm. the clunkiest for back, lack of a better term rule yeah. for the rest of but it's not even it's really not bad it. like I don't think it's bad um, no I you, think you that's have to go, okay uh, uh, gotcha yeah yeah but, but I, it's pretty it's pretty because you don't really raise your stats at all so mm -hmm. I feel like it just becomes like after one or two or th like one or two combats I feel like it becomes such a, like an innate thing in your head where every time you see like a 10 you just know it's a six you know what I mean like yeah. so it wouldn't be it wouldn't I don't think this would be difficult at all so in in a very rules light system this is the most rules heavy one and it's like Maybe three plus ones plus twos. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, not it's, hard. It's super okay. I'm I'm super fine with it. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Attacking with two weapons, just add plus one in damage and minus one in dodge, you savage bastard. Um, and then this is NPC level. We actually missed this the first time we went through Warpland um, because oh, I think one of the things we talked about was how the roles feel like they don't really feel like they scale. Um, right. This is this is how they do scale. Um, I will say I wish there was a nod to this a little bit higher in the original explanation of the roles, but this will explain what that means. So this is another modifier to the initial role of your stat. So NPCs have levels that indicate the prowess and toughness. Um, PCs uh, receive a penalty to their stat equal to the NPC level whenever they test against the NPC, and that's for everything: social interactions, initi like initiative. That. Yeah, it's great. So it goes from level uh, it goes from level one to level four. So level zero is pathetic mortal commoners, demonic rabble, roadkill, just nothings. Uh, level Junk. one. Uh, Cops, gangsters, race, rock stars, bikers. Level two, vampires, skinwalkers, demons, witches, saints. Level three, archangels, archdemons, and paragons. Level four, primordials, the dark master, and Chuck Norris. And Chuck fucking Chuck Norris. Yeah. So to, to let you know how big of a difference from zero to four is, primordials are literally basically like the elder eldritch gods that existed before they were put into the pit by the devils. So they're yes, literally Diablo. like... Yeah, um, the Dark Master is pretty much Satan, and then you have Chuck Norris, who, you know, is Chuck Norris. Yeah, I mean, so it's a big spread in just like what amounts to three total like modifiers, you know. But in a two d six system, as we've looked at the map before, a plus three or a minus three is a seventy five percent change in yeah. in what a you can do. A minus four, a minus four, for, or no, sorry, plus four. For fighting primordials or dealing with primordials, like that's like a on the six system, yeah. yeah. Like you, that that changes a ten to a failure, right? Yeah, um, like it's that's huge. Yeah. yeah. So and that's another reason I love two d six so much is that small numbers have big effects versus totally. like a bigger die. I also um, think it's a good like I, you know they say never stat gods, you know. Um, but in this system specifically, this is a great way to have like, yeah, hey, listen, if you want to try to fight the primordial evils of this world, uh, you're going to have to add four to every role under that you have. Oh. And you're just like, oh, shit. But that's, that's just the initial stat, right? Yeah. So like that doesn't count like your minus two for difficulty modifier so that you're already right. at like a minus six. Like it becomes impossible to fight the gods. Yeah. I like that with, with, yeah, totally. with the – yeah. So, but I will say that, like, so it says if an NPC needs to roll for morale, roll 2d6 against 5 plus NPC level. So, NPCs level 3, their morale is 8, right? So, just roll, you know, do that. So, um, another great page here it says Hell Knight with some, like, little, little demon skulls and things. So, um, so that's the other thing, too, just to remind. So, the NPC, that's your initial, basically, that sets your DC for everything that you do because it affects every roll you do. Right. So if you're talking to anyone and let's say you're using style and they're level one and your style's eight, your styles, you automatically need to roll below a seven. And that's right. before any other modifiers. So it, I mean, it's you can't NPC that level, style roll. <laughs> yeah. NPC levels are your initial DC for everything before any other modifiers. So that's why I kind of wish the NPC level part was higher. I get where I, it's in this section, but um, having it be kind of one of the last things after the initial, like, this is how you do a 2d6 roll. 
and then have like kind of like the how the DC set is a little bit lower. I wouldn't have minded if the NPC level was a little higher, but I'm it all makes sense. I'm kind of okay with where it is because it's like an almost like evolutionary understanding of the rules. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you really get the basics down, and it's like, oh, well, here are modifiers for these instances. It's like, yeah. oh, well, here are these modifiers for this instance. Yep. Uh, the, I, the only I thing think I like that. The only thing I would have wanted is maybe like in that initial thing, like the fourth line could have been um, these roles are modified by NPC level C page X. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, um, I can see that. And then you'd go, oh, okay, all right. So here's a play example. We don't really generally read a lot of these, but I actually think it makes a lot of sense. I'm probably not going to read the whole thing, but it's it's a good thing to read. So Xander made a wrong turn down the wrong alley, um, got cornered by two corrupt cops. Um, so two cops, uh, they leap from their cruiser, guns drawn, and scream, drop the weapon, you are under arrest, shitbird. Uh, Xander rolls initiative. His brains is six, and the cop's level is one, so he needs a five or lower. Automatically, boom. Okay, cop's level one. Every roll you do, you automatically deduct one because that's your level. Love that. Makes it super easy. He rolls a three and a two, which is a success, and his style is seven, so he can cover 28 feet. The DM indicates that he can get near the cops but can't attack them until the next round. This doesn't deter Xander, who sprints toward them swinging his battle axe. Both cops open fire with their Colt 9mm. Um, Xander must dodge twice, one for each one. His style is 7, and the cops' level are 1, so he must roll 6 or lower. So every roll, the level comes into play. So he rolls a 5 and a 1, successfully ducking the first shot, but then he rolls a 5 and a 4, a total of 9. The difference against his dodge which was is a stat of six is three and the nine millimeter has a plus one. So Xander receives four total damage, right? So here, that's the part that I think doesn't make as much sense to me. That's the one I did want to talk to you about. So the difference against his dodge is of six is three because nine to dodge. But I thought, and maybe I'm completely wrong that you roll against style, but maybe like is the dodge roll. So an enemy's attack. Oh yeah, look again. They, yeah. So dodge roll style or below. Oh, so it is style because yeah. dodge is style. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's what it is. It's just using a derived version of the same stat name. Okay. Um. Da, 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 da. All right. So then, so he, so he gets hit for the first time. So that's what it is. The difference, which was three, um, plus a modifier for you take four damage. That hurts. Um, to yeah. put some down. Xander moves four of his hit points. Blah blah blah. Okay. Xander rolls two four for initiative. He gets the upper hand and a chance to return the pain. So it sounds like they do initiative on like every round. Um, which, you know, I I wouldn't, but it's yeah. fine. Um. But here's the thing. I always say that I wouldn't do that, but I will say when we did Death in Space and you got to choose initiatives, the varying order did make a lot of difference. Yeah. So it's one well, of those things. Which, which game did we go over that was like you could pick the person who Death goes in Space? Next? That was, that was the greatest okay. initiative system ever. That's, I love it so best, much. That is so the best idea I've ever heard. I was like, oh, that's great. It made such so many things about it were so good and that it kept everyone focused in all the time because you didn't know if you had to go next or not like it made people like talk more about like tactics and stuff I loved it it was fantastic um, so Xander rolls 2-4 for initiative he gets upper hand blah 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 chance to return the pain he hoists his bad axe and swings on a cop to hit he must roll 8 or below um, guts of 9 minus level 1 he rolls a 5-3 and gets a critical success because he got an 8 and he he rolled um, eight or below, which is what you needed to hit. 
His highest roll dice is a five, plus his battle axe is a plus three, so he dishes out eight, plus a crit on the critical hit table for slashing damage, because there's three different crit tables for the time of damage. That's it. That's all system. It doesn't feel clunky. It doesn't feel bad at all. The math really plays out really, really well. I really enjoy it. I think it's a brutal, yeah. fun, interesting, great little system. It's really, really interesting. And again, we're basically through the rules reading this. And not trying to be the dead horse. This is just written in such a more easy to understand way than in the previous systems. I would use this as a reference for any of the other games yeah, um, to understand it better. And it's so good. Like, it's really enjoyable. Um, the DM describes the carnage in, glory de in gory detail. It's seriously brutal. If you were there, you'd probably puke. That's what the other cop did. Love that. Um, no, that was so funny. I was like, I mute myself when I was laughing because I was coughing. Um, but like, uh, the two corrupt cops, so cops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring it up a second time. Just That's another. Foul mouth leftist, you know, more, yeah. more F bombs than content. <laughs> another one star on uh on apple podcast for us um so um combat distances right combat distances and modifiers um there is um range modifiers which like it totally makes sense that these are there um yeah. so uh there's melee nearby far very far and beyond um i just think by the time you get to like very far beyond becomes like un uh, beyond 150 feet i don't know what you're doing beyond that but basically um minus one to range when you're in melee i like that i really like yeah. that like it's, it's such a subtle like not there's not really any there's no rolling for advantage and disadvantage in this at all there really isn't any advantage or disadvantage mm. it's just like things are either easy or hard and sometimes you'll get a bonus of like a plus one or a minus one based on story and like that's it and i really enjoy that i do too um not every system needs advantage and disadvantage i think like mechanically building them the pluses and minuses especially something like that's 2d6 where it's like really two or one um can really shift the outcome of a thing um yeah. i think it's very yeah. very effective yeah it's interesting i do i did run through the dice curves on 2d6 before for advantage and disadvantage and on your first second on your 3d6 it's basically a plus two or a minus two hmm. so having a plus one and a minus one or plus two and a minus two is basically just a way to quantify that into a more specific way and without it's having to have it. somebody roll another die, right. which just adds more time at the table. It's like, I mean, I know you and I know this, but maybe if you're a Nas Donkle, like adding more dice to a roll will effectively stack up time a lot more than you think it does. So yeah. to have it just baked in where it's just like, nope, minus one, minus two, plus one, plus two. Great. Very clean. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, character advancement. If you need levels, please visit your nearest arcade. People don't improve, not even in hell. Get bigger guns, nastier weapons, make a name for yourself, and most importantly, survive. That's how advancement, and then it gets chopped off and says, Clumsy fool, look what you did. Now this page looks like crap. Um, and then there's the the, the skull thing on here. Um, there is an, so I love that. First of all, I love that. Like, your character is your character, and that's what you get. There's no advancement. Right. I love that. But there is optional advancement. <laughs> off to the side. Um, it says optional. This is what happens when you ask for your opinions. So, so sideways on the page... When the chapter ends, test brains. If successful, we roll a d6. Why don't you roll a d6 for me, buddy? I would love to roll a d6. I got three. You have learned a new power. Nice. Great. I love this advancement. So, for, so I'm going to read them all because they're great. One, yeah. a pat on the head. Well done. Now go bring me a beer. That's Perfect. that's what you get. Yep. Thanks, Two, Dad. you got... 
you got a you got tougher. Add plus one to HP. Number three, you've learned a new power. Number four, you have freed your untamed soul, gained a new edge. Number five, you grew more determined, plus one grit. Number six, explain what happened to you. Gain plus one to a stat determined by the Dark Master. So the Dark Master is missing from the game. Um, dude, you know what? I think I meant to do at the beginning and then we totally forgot is like explain what the fuck the game actually is. So quick nod on page 18. Um, basically, like what like Satan disappeared and then all of the leaders, a bunch of the leaders of the circles of hell decided, fuck it, we're just going to Earth. And then an angel came down and said, you guys better go get those guys or we're coming down here to fuck you up. And that's what the characters are is like you are the guys that are going to go bring back the rulers of hell while Satan is out of out of out of where he is supposed to be. That's a game. So um, intimidate with guts, seduce with style, deceive with brains. These are your social tests. Go. Um, there's a page here for weapons and just the modifiers are small weapons, steel plus one, um, medium weapons, steel plus two, big weapons, steel plus three. Um, but you have to have a minimum guts of um, eight in order to use big weapons. Uh, makes sense. Small weapons are like knives and stuff. Medium weapons are like swords and shotguns. Big weapons are like um, assault rifles and sledgehammers. And there's huge things and explosives that are plus four, like grenades, trucks, a slap from the Dark Master. Um, and then weapons with reach give you a plus one to initiative tests. And shotguns get plus one to attack nearby. And automatic firearms get a plus one if you empty your entire magazine. Um, there's armor. Um, each... I do really like the automatic uh, firearm. Like, maybe not even so much for the me the mechanic benefit, but like the whole like going all out and emptying your clip. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I do. I will say, and this is such a stupid little thing. I will say, I do like this as empty your magazine because too many people that don't know how guns work say clip instead of magazine. When it's I a just say magazine. clip, whatever, man. I know nothing matters. We're all gonna die. I, what's funny is I literally in my head was gonna go. I love that they use magazine, and then you're like, oh, I like when they empty the clip, and I was like, oh, now I have to say that. Um, whatever. Each point of armor absorbs damage from it's. it's so it's soak. Um, light right. armor is one. Hide furs. Medium armor two. Kevlar chainmail. Um, Oh, uh, and then heavy armor is three, plate armor, demon tarantula carapace. But there's a minimum amount of guts you have to have to wear different armors, which I really enjoy. So minimum guts for light is six, um, minimum guts for um, medium is seven, and minimum guts for heavy is eight. Um, there's a cool weapons page here, very reminiscent of like the Merkborg page. I really love that. There's some really cool weapons on here. Um, critical hit tables. So roll here whenever you roll eight plus to attack or six, six to dodge. So. Uh, just roll me 3d6, and we'll do one blunt, one slashing, and one uh, piercing, or something like that. Okay. Um, first one's three. Okay. Uh, or under blunt, right? Broken rib cage. Spend d6 days coughing up blood and reflecting on their bad choices. Nice. Uh, next one uh, for slashing is going to be mm -hmm. four. Um, arm amputated at the elbow, the stomp sprays like a fire hose, and the splatter resembles a random character. Look at you. And on uh, bleeding, damage is one damage each round until the wounds are tended. So there's modifiers to... Um, oh, uh, and then blunt was the victim falls, and they get a d6. So on blunt, mm. they fell down and, and did what you did, which is broke the ribcage. On slashing, um, they get... Um, one damage each round, plus the arm amputation. And then the last one is piercing, which ignores piercing. armor and... Uh, one, T 
pierced thigh, splintered bone, hurts like fuck. Good times. Um, I love the number six on this one. Weapon enters the mouth. I was about to say. (laughs) Yeah. And exits the nape, splattering everyone behind the victim. Who's next? Um... Bullet. Oh, there's another one for bullet. Oh. Romeo D6 for bullet. Uh, yeah, so bullet, uh, this dude is fucked. Uh, five, <laughs> hand blown off, nowhere to be found, hopefully in a better place. <laughs> I love that. That's the modifier for bullet. This dude is fucked. Like, plus, you know, they lost a hand. So that's dope. Um, here's another little lore page. And I looked and behold a pale horse and its rider's name was Death. And hell followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence. And by wild beasts of the earth, Revelation 6, 8. Great page in the background. I love this like uh, like bomber going down in smoke. Um, and then we get to character creation, which is uh, we move from a uh, kind of like a light lavender and white to more of a black and red. So character creation. What we got? I'm sorry, I was looking at, I remember Revelation 6, 8 differently, and I know why I remember it differently, because I, in the version that I've read, um, it says that Hades followed him. Not hell, Hades, like the actual god Hades. And hell followed. Oh, interesting, which version did you read? I thought it was the King James, but maybe I'm wrong. King James cracks me up. Um, for those who don't know, read the history of King James and why he decided to write his own Bible. Oh, it's the uh, it's the English Standard. That's the one I have. Ah, uh, oh yeah, because this one's King James and it says hell. Um, the NIV says Hades, the New International Version. Well, shout out to everyone. Just so you know, the Hunters read the ESV version of the Bible. Boom! Uh, there we go character creation so the best part of any character creation um first off uh great art piece if you're listening it's like this face it that has no lips on its weird mouth um and it's kind of blown out and it's very very creepy and i think that's a note that could just be a whole i don't know what's going on here but i'm scared of it um so character creation has six easy steps the first it's gonna be name your character Second is you set style, guts, and brains to five, and then you distribute six more points among them. Fantastically easy. Um, three, uh, select a duty, roll on the tables, fill in your gear. Four, choose an edge and a ritual if you deserve them. Uh, five, sum up your attitude with a motto and describe your style, uh, capital S style. Um, six, ride beyond and behold. Beautiful. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to switch over to um, the read version of this, uh, read-only version. Um, yeah, because it gets hard. I do like that, or I think it's interesting that you don't roll stats at all. You just... Um, set all of them to five and then add another six points. So you could get two to eight if you want, eight, eight, five. Like you could like, it would be difficult. It's, it's impossible to get three stats up to eight. Yeah. It is, it's also nice because it doesn't go below five, which is like, it's a, that's a nice like bottom point. Yeah. 
Um, uh, yeah. So duties should be on the next page. Um, every demon in hell has a duty, and he better take care of it. Otherwise, he may be dismissed as rabble, a term reserved for the infernal hierarchy's lowest scum. I do, I do really like this. Let's. I wanna. Um, this is one of the ones where I'll like kick over to spreads for a second. We might even look at spreads through this like whole section, um, because. Um, uh, a lot of the pages make sense together in the character creation part, and I really, I really like that. So, um, yeah, kick that back out. That's a great piece. The only thing I will say about duties is I kind of like you're called like you're called slayers, right? Right. And these are your duties, I guess. So I like I feel like I love this spread. I think this creature is cool as fuck. But I also feel like this could just be called Slayers and then it's just about the characters. Like like I I don't know why for some reason in my head I went like, why are these called duties? This could just be like your duty and then you are a slayer. I don't know. I, I think it's just like a, a, a me and my brain thing. Well, so I think duties is the class, like is the classes, right? Essentially. And Slayers is one of the classes. No, well, yeah, because oh. you have Slayers, you have Reapers, and you're 100 right. There's... You're 100 right. You're 100 right. You're 100 right. Yep, yep. That's that's me. Yeah, yeah. That was my stupid brain. That's okay. Um, my smart brains on top of it. Um, yeah. So uh, those are dudes. Yeah, the the art piece is really cool. It's it's like a big amorphous black thing with two different sets of eyes. Um. For those of you listening along at home. But yeah, Slayers. Ooh. Ooh. Great spread, I, by the way. Great like, spread. Amazing. I um, will say, it does really get hard to fucking read in this section. Oh, this is this is exactly when I was like, mm, um, it does, yeah, it's very difficult to read. I have the I have the read-only version up right now. So, um, Slayers, fierce champions who made war against the heavens and known guardians of powerful relics. These veteran demons' appearances are far from inconspicuous. They adhere to a savage code that promotes bloodshed and courage in battle. They own hell rides. Um, will you roll me a d6 for your hell form? Absolutely. Uh, six. Six, you communicate only in hellspeak, that loathsome infernal dialect consisting of dead tongues and harsh language. Roll another D6. Oh, shit. One. Disfigured, either severely burned, hideously stitched, or ridden with gruesome scars. You can still pass as a mortal, except you only speak in an infernal language that is horrible to hear. <laughs> That's fun Great. at the table. Um, and what do you roll d6 for your infernal power? Uh, three. Three. Your health form is hidden as long as you remain non-aggressive. So basically, you can you can speak okay until you get angry, and then when you get pissed, you just start cursing in hell speech. You know. Good times. I mean, <laughs> great times. Gotta love that. Uh, I, love, then, I love I love uh, number seven on the powers. Number seven on the power. Uh, seven. Wait, seven. How the fuck did you roll a seven? Okay, you got that one. 
Uh, this is, it definitely has some small, like, good moments of, like, the humor it's definitely going for. Like, it does actually definitely hit. Uh, yeah. You want to roll for armor? Roll a d6 yeah, for your... Uh, another three. Another three Kevlar, just like Batman's. But this was made in the hell, so it looks way cooler. Armor two. So I really like the... Uh... The necro armor fashion yeah, the from the necro crush windpipes of the tormented. Yeah, it's a biomech suit, and uh, where it can spin grit to test guts and recover HP equal to highest rolled dice. Like, so many of these are so cool. It uh, the necro armor reminds me of Spawn. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of references brain. to other shit through this entire thing. There's like a ton of, um. Do you want to roll two? I will go ahead and roll just two more d6s for me. Sure. Um, uh, I got a one and a six. Um, a one. Your weapon is a Zweihander. Zweihander. Uh, swing this like a madman and wait for the mortal city guards to arrive. You can take them all. Uh, plus two damage, slashing, uh, and plus one initiative. And then the background, what'd you roll? Uh, I rolled a one and a six. For your background, um, a little brother of a powerful archon. Whether he hates or tolerates you depends on a single style test that you must make right right now. Pretty good one. Um, style. I roll. Oh, I rolled a nine. So I, that sounds well, bad. Yeah, if my style wasn't at least nine, then I. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Yeah, because it's roll under. Yeah, I would have been. It is, roll, it is in fact roll under. So. Yeah. So he would have um, fucking hated me. Last little part of the Slayers is uh, the road of the warrior. All Slayers follow a warmongering code that encourages violence and uh, res. Resolutionist, am I really? Uh, in the face, uh, resoluteness, I'm a dumb idiot. Uh, in the face of danger, uh, its main precept is respect power, but crush those who oppose you. Um, what do they know? Uh, besides being fearsome warriors skilled with medieval weaponry, slayers are experts on the infernal domain's history, complex hierarchies, and powerful relics. So that's your slayer. Um, past that. There's a few more classes, and they're all laid out more or less the same. It's mostly roll tables, which I love, you know? Um, um, you have reapers, which are going to be more of your uh, witches and warlocks in Hell's Hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Which one's your um, favorite? I don't know. I guess we can do a little intro to each one and then kind of figure out a favorite. I, I love I love reapers. Big fan I of like reapers. usurpers. Um, uh, I also just like the way the usurper's pages looked. Um, yeah, the, very, so yeah, I, very demog. Yeah, let's just, I'll just do the opening for all of them. Let's read Reapers. Well, I, oh. I love how the um, that's why I kind of wanted to kick to spreads. So I'm gonna kick back to spreads real quick. The um, page display, like the um, or like the how each one has its own like yeah. art style for each one. I yeah. love great, what, very the Slayers good. is very like. Like almost like red splattered and stuff like that. I dig that. The Reapers, the black and white, you know. Um, what was after that? Uh, oh, Reapers. So, um, do we read the blurb for Reapers? Oh, I thought you just did. Oh, we go I for it. I summarized it. it. Uh, yeah, Noble no, witches yeah, and warlocks. Huh? What? what? Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, notable witches and warlocks are going to place in Hell's hierarchy after their mortal expiration. These death lords are soul hunters responsible for taking unrepentant sinners to their eternal damnation. Reapers wield impressive infernal powers and are somewhat creepy to have around. They own hell rides. Um, you know, just your creepy powers users. Um, yeah. Yeah, that went to hell, like the rest of us. After that, we have uh, usurpers. Uh, look at this spread. The spread's Such so a good. good spread. <laughs> that little guy. That little guy. It's very mm. brutal, you know. Mm. Um, in the down under hell, you dimwit, not Australia. Uh, minor demons are usually bullied, uh, bossed around, and given the worst jobs. But even the most worthless rabble sometimes rises above expectation. Such is the case of usurpers, demon with a talent for possessing the bodies of mortals who delve too deeply into the occult and, um, and unwillingly become vessels for demonic forces. Usurpers possess their uh, vessels through a combination of meditative techniques and facilitators, water, smoke, mirrors, uh, usurpers seldom leave hell and belong to a guild that regulates their practices. Um, yeah, so this is this. I don't know why, but the possessed one's my favorite one. Ugh. I'm just like that's super demonic, so you know. We we have to roll a d12 on a vessel though. We got to roll oh, at least one. Absolutely. Would you like to roll for a vessel? Yeah, I got I got a nine. A nine deranged hermit drives a battered pickup, owns tobacco in a pipe. A chainsaw plus three damage slashing, and a weird book called War Plan. There you go. <laughs> two, uh, two things about two things about this list that I really enjoy. One, like half of these give you a set amount of grams of substance that you just have with you, which is <laughs> fucking great. Um, like the fashion pimp owns ten grams and a nine millimeter. Doesn't tell you what grams is, but or what what it is in grams. But I love that. Um, Thirteen. Oh yeah, like Damien or whatever. Damien, the, the whole yeah. About nine years old, uh, meeting his gaze is like staring into a bottomless pit. His loyal Doberman Kane, uh, treat as a hellhound, is always at his side. Owns a strange-looking yo-yo. Yeah, thirteen on a D twelve. I love those throughout here. Like I, yeah. the flavor bits where it's like it's rules text, but it's not because you can't actually roll it. But it's just it's great. But like so many of the references in this are fucking great. Like the angry hobo. Um, who owns a shotgun? <laughs> Literally, like yeah. hobo with the shotgun, like like the movie. Like I just I love like the priest with uh, with the Toyota. Um, like I, I don't know. There's so many cool fucking references throughout the entire thing. That um, middle age. What's the priest with the Toyota reference to? I assumed it was the Exorcist. Oh, I, I mean, you're probably. Oh, that would make sense, huh? Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, cool. 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 I, I just didn't. I, I didn't pick it up right away. I loved the. Um, the middle-aged goth that looks like Robert Smith at his prime. <laughs> Not late, Robert. <laughs> the, the prime one. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm, I'm still reading the list. It's a really very good list. Um, it's so yeah. good. And then uh, Revenant, So You Died. And a dude with a cloak took you on a tour of El Inferno. Uh, he showed you around, pointed out the torments awaiting you, and then asked if, instead of spending eternity there, you would rather help them with a little problem. Your answer was swift but dignified considering the circumstances. Get me the fuck out. Uh, Revenants get a, resurrect, a resurrection card from the Infernal Power, the drawback each time they revive. 
they leave some of their community behind. Luckily, they get a hell ride, and an infernal guardian watches over them and makes sure they behave like good boys. I will say, I love the Damien page, but it does throw off the um, the character spreads. Instead of being like two full pages, now it becomes like happy, happy. you know? Mm. I just realized that uh, usurpers don't get hell rides. No, they um they get the vehicles that come with the vessel. Oh right, right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. like the, um, the pimp gets the pimp gets their pimp wagon and the priest have yeah. their Toyota and stuff. The <laughs> one is literally you're just like some a guys kid on a bike. On demonic bikes and you're you're in a Toyota. Dude, if you roll if you roll twelve, you're literally a, a pop teen that drives with a, a bicycle. bicycle and has pepper spray <laughs> and a fucking Madonna mixtape, like. Oh my god. That cracks me the fuck up. That's the one that gets me the most. Just like all of these like badass biker dudes and like the one in the front is just like on a fucking BMX with no brakes, just like sitting on the pegs or something. Like with no brakes. Oh, I knew mm. I've known so many kids like that. Um okay, wait, I think there's one more uh character class. I think Fallen is Fallen the last one? I think so. Yeah, Fallen um, is the last one. Yeah, here we go. The fallen, the first fallen page is pretty fucking dope too. Like, I love how it's like kind of stretched up and then has like the 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 feather kind of falling down and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, is this a test, Lord? Lord, why, why does he never answer me? I have been left abandoned in this cradle of filth. I do not belong here. Sorry, please. Please forgive me, Lord. I will accept this ordeal. Lord, where are you? Please, just a sign that I'm on the right path. Please. Your wings were clipped, and you fell hard unto the world of man. How long ago? You barely remember. And hope is growing dimmer. Perhaps if you prove yourself worthy, perhaps if you manage to save the world, he might allow you to return, or perhaps you should start thinking for yourself for once. After all, you were cast aside like a pariah, rejected for your reluctance to submit. Yes, maybe it is time you reclaim what is rightfully yours. You're fallen angel. So good. Just so yeah. good. All of these are so good. Really good flavor in that one, too. Yeah. Really good flavor in all of these, actually. Like, reading the little blurbs at the beginning is, like, a very oh. fun part of the, the character section, you know? Yeah. We're cutting out like half of like the coolest bits of stuff, but like the flaws yeah, for the it angel. It is a really cool section, you know. Yeah, dude, number three was like one of my favorites. Insufferable, pedantic nihilist. I'm like, you didn't have to put me in the game, you douchebag. Um, uh, yeah, that's exactly whole... <laughs> targeted. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's. There's just so. There's just so much good stuff. Like. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those games that would be really easy to play a character in because the role tables for making a character are so, so good, good and defined um, that you like you roll up a character and you're like, oh, I know exactly who this character is. Like, obviously, there's always ownership where you can, like, make the character your own. But like mm -hmm. this just lays out things so clearly. Like, yeah. And you're like, oh, OK, cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I will play a fallen angel that's like innocent and like gullible as a child, you know? Mm -hmm um yeah really good stuff the thing too is like even the parts that are less flavor and more um 
mechanic, like the armor and stuff like that, flavors your character so much. Like the difference between yeah. Necro armor and Kevlar, you're like, oh, like those are like those are two completely different things. One, I look like the cult of Abraxas, and one, I look like uh, like uh, I belong in like a biker bar. You know what I mean? So, so so good all the way through. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. So we are uh, on. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, yeah, that's where we're at. Oh, auspices. Auspices. Auspices yeah. are supernatural manifestations of archons providing guidance and tutelage. An auspice can also crazy good art right here. Just real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know read only version, so I, I almost forget. I'm like, this is the power plant. Um right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the the smokestacks, yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, an auspice can uh, provide hints and directions, heal gravely wounded demons, return one grit to each PC, reveal an infernal relic's whereabouts, uh, reprimand the party for their inefficiency or inaction. That's right, you fucking idiots who did the terrible job. Um, yeah. Next, we have that. The next page is the uh, the phone. Um, which, like, I imagine, like, this is just the phone you use to talk <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. Oh, you mean to the, well, so the auspices are how yeah. you, yeah. I love, there's a reference later at one point where it says, like, oh, I think it's to the, the 80s page where it says, like, cell phones were as big as bricks or suitcases and shit or whatever. And that just cracked me up every time. Why don't you, I think um, that's a good page, too. We'll get there. We'll get there. We're talking about it. It's a good page. Yeah, yeah. But here, the auspices are great. Like, roll a, do you want to do a D12? You want me to do a D12? Yeah, I would love to do a D12. I enrolled them forever. Uh, I rolled a two. A Coca-Cola ad speaks to the PCs. Um, so many of these are good. Like, I love, like, number 12, a medieval fantasy arcade game animates in the most curious way, and its main character addresses the players. So, like, you're just, like, rocking out a fucking arcade, and suddenly things are like, hey, hey, stop fucking around. And it's like the little, like, sprites on this fucking screen. It just cracks me up so much. Like, these are so good. I think the best part about that is the implication that there's a group of, of Hellrider demons at an arcade just jamming out when they're supposed to be working, you know? <laughs> of course they do. Of course they are. Yeah. Um, Dude, the next page is dope as fuck, too, even though I don't know who Cobb the Anvil is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what is I mean the, This is the, also you're in you're in spread right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the motorcycle oh, like page. Crazy. That's such a sick like it's just a motorcycle head on with like almost like a grim reaper dude riding like the rocked up fucking um handlebars up to their fucking head with like blood spewing out the front, and, like a skull and shit. This is such well, a sick they're page. They're on like a robe and the robe's like flying behind them, you know. Oh, so good. Um, um, yeah. Oh, who is Cor the Anvil? Is that uh, one Cor of the... the Anvil watched as the sanitarium burned like a great pyre, and as he uttered the name of Gilus, uh patron of the mad, uh, the ascending smoke assumed a diabolic silhouette. It whispered to him words of encouragement, overtaking his mind and senses. The night was young and still ripe with opportunity, and then he became Ghost Rider. So Nicholas Cage. Hurrah! I'm right. Cage. I'm gonna do a hell. Or is do you, do you want to roll Go up the hell rides? Do you want to read Go the hell rides? 
All right, I'm going to read these so you can roll them up for me. All right, so Hell Rides, this one, damn, is just about impossible to read over here on this spread. Um, <laughs> it's pretty brutal. It is just brutally bad at, at, at doing this. So Hell Rides are demonic entities um, in permanent vehicular forms that any creature, like any creature, uh, they can be injured and be careful. Uh, and can be injured and careful... Inspected will reveal uh, biomechanical internal organs. They're partially adept at finding portals in limbo that traverse realities. Um, uh, skull blazers. I do. They do not. Does not like angels. Um, I do not like them either. It says on the page. Um, the motorcycle looked like a gargoyle with a jackal head, and it growled menacingly at the fallen. Uh, her master Xandar stroked her gas tank and fed a pulsing chunk of flesh into her chromed maw. Mm -hmm. um, a Herite is three armor and HP equal to its master's highest stat. Um, charge against a pedestrian. Uh, plus three damage, blunt. Blunt. <laughs> I do love that, like, a specific tell you, like, just so you know, this is blunt damage. If you blunt damage. Over them with your demonic bike. Plus three damage to pedestrians. Uh, roll a d12 for the power on a hell ride. For your power on your hell ride. All right. What do we get? Uh, a medic, uh, a mobile medical unit and an exemplar surgeon. Uh, anyone can spend grit and test brains to heal damage equal to the highest rolled dice. I so many of these are so good. Like a savage smoking tricycle um, that travels on any service. Um, the one breathes fire with a built-in oven. The one just explodes on command, killing everything within like a yeah. Such a so fucking stupid. Um, I love it, that. It, it and its rider can become invisible. Great. Um, Twelve. Spend one grit to transform it into a biomechanical golem. Uh, ten guts. Ten guts. Style um, five brains five for the rest of the scene. Um, you have a big fucking. Ten guts, bro. That's pretty high. And two to six roll under. Yeah, but your style of brains are five. Yeah, but it's your golem. It's your golem, and it it's says, "Warning: All hell rides are carnivores." Um. All right, roll me a d12 for your personality trait for your hell ride. Four. Uh, whines every time she is left alone. Me too. Uh, purrs when pressed. Me too. Me too. Uh, yeah. Um, I love, uh, what was it? Number three is great. Like fiery red eye screams motherfucker whenever she gets excited. <laughs> so many of these yeah. are just so good. Competitive, like roars like a monster behemoth. Like these are great. Um, and then, ooh, a D20 for name. Hit me with that name. Also, fuck, I love this page. I just accidentally clicked out of my dice roller. Um, nine. Uh, little behemoth. That's your. That's your. Uh, the little behemoth is the one that likes to 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 get sad when you're when you're away. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll a d20 on this too because I really want to name for a hell ride. Um, I got a fifteen. Uh, ooh, howling bull. Nice. I the tables in this are so. There's so many tables, but they're so good. There are. It's really good though. Um, also, yeah. you know, for being like, how many pages did we say this was? 100 and... 145. It's just, it's spread so nicely, you it know? Does. 
I mean, it's just like, it's a hundred, it's way longer than other games would go through. And I mean, we're reading a lot of it right now and we're talking about it pretty actively yeah. and we're like very much cruising through it. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of good art left too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that like for a, a game that's longer than, you know, I'm a very big zine guy, but man, I don't mind the, the size of this game at all. No. Um, yeah. Here's the thing is if you took out the roll tables after like character creation, the game's only what, like we're, 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 I mean, that's Hell Rides. We're at 60 pages. Yeah. So, like, you know, I mean, Edges, Relics, and uh, Rituals are still, like, technically, I guess, part of, like, creating the character or whatever. But, like, or it's, it's like you said, like, it's a ton of tables and stuff like that. Like, the, well, the read-only version is pretty sparsely laid out, too. There's a whole There's half a ton pages. Of, so the read-only is 114 pages? It's 100 um, um, before the gallery. So yeah. it's like 99 um, so it's, it's only for it, rules yeah and absolutely there's a lot of space and not like when like a wasteful way but it's very easy to read it's very easy on the eyes um yeah there's just like yeah there's not too much in here is my thing this is a positive yeah. thing i'm like oh this is good like sometimes we look at a game i'm like it's 107 pages i'm like uh but this i'm like this is easy it's nice it's very like you know also good tables i love roll tables yeah. But again, if it was if it was even with everything in the read only, if it was condensed to like two column single spacing, yeah. we're looking at like 45, 50 pages tops. Oh, absolutely. Total tops. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um it kinda you know, it kind of reminds me in in maybe more layout in in, in content sense to um like Vaults of Vaughn. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's like it's like pretty thick book, but like frankly, most of it's like it's tables and like lore with like a little bit of the rules. Um, and it's spread very nicely where it's easy to read. Yeah. Well, if we just if we look at just the rules of the book, even it, I I don't know how much it is in um, in the read only, but in this it was what like maybe like ten twelve pages with like yeah. a fraction of each page covered because most of it was art. So like it, yeah, it's not. We're we're saying in a good way that it, like it's long but not dense. I think. Yeah, and I and by the way, also when I say easy to read, I don't mean visually. I mean that as a person with like. ADHD, it's it's given to you in like very bite-sized bits that are like yep. broken up. And I I'm I do enjoy going through this game. I am enjoying going through this game. So yeah, it's uh, good. I really enjoy it a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Uh so uh tell me about uh edging. Oh, okay. So edging is when you get real close. No, so <laughs> edges, uh choose one, then test style. If you succeed, choose another. I love that. Like you just like you get one if you get one, and you get them until you stop getting them. Like so much of this system is like you get what you get now go do shit you know what i mean and i really enjoy that so um there's a lot of edges like if i click back to the um two page display i've also figured out how to do that without like going in and out of the fucking full page mode which is great it is literally like what six pages of edges yeah um the one kind of isn't that like I love the free will one where it's literally just like this like existential crisis like <laughs> when you get to, you're just reading it like um so um but uh some great edges on here um uh dark master's pet uh whenever you um whenever you tend to your dm's comfort uh you may be entitled to one grit provided they like the rewarding their favorite pet so like bring mountain dew get plus one grit you know what i mean um blood fetish you hear it inside it's begging to come out whenever you're unintentionally spattered with blood gain one grit so a lot of this is like 
uh, getting grit back or these are all basically just like little tiny bonuses that you get yeah. throughout play. Um, and again, like as far as the edge goes, you, you, you pick one to start your character, you test, if you succeed, you can test again and again. So theoretically, if you test like three or four in a row, you get a bunch or you could fail on your first one and get fucked or an advancement you could roll to get like another edge or whatever. Um, man, uh, I, I know that it's funny cause I don't have the same, I obviously moved across the country, so I'm, I don't have an RPG table right now. I'm putting together a new one, but like, I'm, I'm bummed that I didn't get to play this with my old table because they loved rolling for characters when shit was unfair. So like shit like this, like to roll a character and be like, yeah, I got like fucking four or five of these or whatever. And then your next character is like, yeah, I got one. <laughs> yeah. They're so good. Um, Jester, make them laugh and they won't murder you, said Arno the <clears throat> Imp, a famous buffoon who played a joke on the Dark Master and then got cooked alive. Whenever your character makes a DM laugh, gain one grit. I also love the... Um, the touches of in-game and out-of-game stuff in here, yeah. like the dice a falling lot of, off like, the table. Breaking, yeah. breaking the fourth wall interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny because like, a lot of it's with the uh, the DM, um, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that because I'm. this is definitely written by someone who's like, I'm the forever uh, game runner, and I want it to yeah. be more fun for me. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> I also love that the Dark Master, who is basically Satan, right? The devil, is missing <laughs> And that's why the Archons have been had the luxury of being able to decide that they're going to fucking bounce, right? Right. But the the DM of the game is the Dark Master, so there's like a like you know. Um, so anyway, Metal so War. that's right. That is uh, edges. Okay. Uh, then you get to relics. So relics are forged during the war against the Celestial, where the demons and fallen angels who served the Dark Master were pushed down to the depths of hell. These ancient instruments of power are now scattered across the realm of man. It is a great honor to possess and guard one. Um, so uh, really good ones in here. Uh, some of them, are like you can notice, like the Horn of Abraxas. Um, God, Mandy is such a good movie. Um, the crooked horn of a strange creature summons all cultists in the vicinity to speak with its user. You've seen Mandy, right? I was really very intoxicated, but technically I've seen oh. most of it. You just watch it again. Um, Spear of Longinus. That's the Nicolas Cage one that, uh, where his um, significant other gets uh, yeah. kidnapped yeah. by yeah. a cult and it's incredibly trippy. Um, yeah. Trippy as fuck. And the Braxis, dude, it's so fucking good. It's such yeah. an insanely good movie. I feel like that's the movie that, like, reinvigorated Nick Cage. You know? Probably. Yeah. Um, and I've loved everything that he's done since then. Almost, almost all of it. Uh, that's good. Yeah, actually. This. Um, yeah. Spiralong Ginus, Shroud of Abaddon, the Disemboweler, the Disemboweler, the Teeth Gun is great. This biomechanical artifact shoots infectious human molars. After six shots, you have to reload it with fresh teeth. Mortals slain with this weapon <laughs> become mindless, flesh-eating zombies, plus three damages bullets. Um, uh, the Spear of Longinus is a good one. I cannot yeah. think of the Spear of Longinus without thinking of Evangelion, not the Bible. Yeah. So that's uh, what's feeling. So right? I don't know. I don't know what the Bible is, but right. Uh, yeah. um, when wielding this ancient Roman spear, all your successes against heavenly foes become crits. Love that. Um, yeah, you then... hear that, Christ? <laughs> <laughs> you got crited by that Roman. Yeah. <laughs> 
Piercing damage. Uh, rituals. If a PC can pass a brains test, they can choose one ritual. So again, I love these. I think everyone gets a... I'm pretty sure that everyone gets a relic. I think it even says in the beginning that like hell riders or, or part of your duties, you get a relic. So you get a relic, but then you get as many edges as you pass a test for. And then for rituals, you get a brain... If you pass a brains test, you get one. And I... Again, this is another in-game, out-of-game thing that I'm obsessed with. So... Um, the, if a PC can pass a brains test, they can choose one ritual. The DM can recite a ritual to the player or the player can read it themselves, but only once. The player's challenge is to remember the words and speak them clearly when performing the ritual. If they fail, you roll on the table of calamities. Uh, rituals are require, Rituals also require a full scene and one grit. So you pick one. And then each one comes with basically the ritual words. I say them to you one time. And in order for you to cast it, you have to say those exact words back to me when you want to cast it later without having written it down. Or you fail and have to roll on a table in game. So um, uh, flesh weapon. An assortment of bone, yeah, flesh, and I was gonna pick two. I was like, flesh weapons. The <laughs> yeah, an assortment of bone, flesh, and cartilage transforms into a gruesome fantasy weapon that deals plus three damage, slashing or piercing. And then this is what I would say to you, and you would have to remember: right. flesh, marrow, bone, sinew, blood, and spirit bond thy nature into a weapon worthy of my purpose. And if you can't say that back to me later, or you fuck up even one word, you roll on a table of calamities and fuck you, it failed. I love that. Yeah, that is really good. It's um, so good. There's a lot of um, really good in this book, you know? I mean, here's the thing. I have yet to run in anything really bad or even bad at all. Like, no, there's totally. nothing... Yeah, yeah, that I've really disliked about any of this. So here's the table of calamities. So hit me with a, hit me with a, a D6. I rolled a five. Ooh, <laughs> you're impregnated with a demon whose due date is in 1d6 hours. Every hour after that test guts and a failure, it tears through your viscera and abdomen doing 2d6 damage. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. So you roll on the table of calamities anytime um, um, you'd fail a ritual or roll a complication as a 1-1 one, one, or a 6-6. Six, six. So the great thing that I love about the 1166 thing is it's the same complications. You just either succeed in what you're trying to do and get pregnant with a demon or you failed at what you're trying to do and get pregnant with a demon. So like I like I like six uh, that an auspice occurs um, and just like in that moment, wherever you are, like I as the DM would be like, where are you guys? What are you doing? Like and. Like you look down the puddle in the road and looking back up at you is an archon of hell. <laughs> like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? Um <laughs> It's so good. Just so yeah. so much of this is so good. Um now we're getting to the flavor bits. I love I love this page here. Um it's a great kind of it's like a target with like this smiling lips, but these teeth are just way too fucking big. Um everybody take this shit seriously. You guys better get your act together if you want to make it out in one piece. Go back to your elves and furries if you feel this is too much for you. The night awaits to the break of dawn, baby. So uh, this, this is getting into a lore section with a lot of roll tables. So randomly roll on some roll tables. We'll probably cruise a lot of this. So this is the roaring 80s. I love this page with the skulls and bones in the 80s page. Um, 
So, ah, the Roaring 80s where being cool matters more than being good and the way your hair looks while riding that badass chopper is a powerful statement worth risking brain damage. Cell phones look like bricks you carry in a suitcase. The internet is little more than a perplexing digital trick. And MTV has the audacity of airing decent music and people get to still enjoy to a reasonable extent. The luxury of not giving a fuck about anything but their own private concern. God, man. Um, are we romanticizing an era? You bet. You bet. <laughs> um, and then there, this continues on. Every cultural hint, overused stereotype, absurd cinematic sequence, and cheesy line you can think of will serve you well. When in doubt, turn up the volume. Hell Knight should feel like a mashup of B-movies, awesomeness, um, in which realism takes a break, uh, takes a backseat to the raw, over-the-top black comedy horror storytelling. Um, each game session is called a chapter. It should have its own wicked title and kick-ass introductory track to set the tone. So this is a very, like, how do you, how do you play the game page? And I really like right. that. Um, uh, you know what? You know what? I'm I'm on this read through with you. I'm growing to appreciate more about this game. Uh, that is like kind of on my knocks. I'm on, I, and I don't mean to keep comparing this to Merc Borg, um, but there are they are they have some similarities. They share some DNA. Is that I feel like this really embraces the tongue in cheek jokiness, whereas like mm-hmm. Merc Borg, it's definitely implied. Um, but it is like dark and disgusting and gritty and your teeth are falling out and there's and this one is like yeah that but also you know like embrace the the, the camp cheesy corn of like being an 80s like on fire demonic action star um and i like that license a little bit more uh and i like that's baked in a little bit more evidently you know yeah i mean yeah i think i think <clears throat> they do it this the same way in different ways as in like um like Merkborg does like you pick your nose so much it bleeds and it stuff bleeds, like that yeah totally but i think the difference and uh, maybe this is th- this is what i'm hearing from you is like the fourth wall breaks and like the more obvious like tongue-in-cheek stuff just makes it so much more apparent in this one yeah i think so because yeah. I, I i like i feel like i've shown my players Merkborg before and I don't know that they totally walked away with that thing that we're talking about from it the mm-hmm. first time through, but like, if I gave them this, like they're going to walk away with like, okay, like yeah. you're, you want levity in your games. Like mm-hmm. being full dark does not work. Um, and right. like, obviously like in, in Merkborg, it's the Gonzo thing. It's like the, the over yeah. the top. Um, and, but this is like, I don't know. It, the the license it gives to joke around to like break that fourth wall or like lean into that. It, I think it maybe just maybe just speaks to me more. Yeah, uh, the Gonzo is what popped in my head as you were continuing, and I think, and maybe I'm wrong. I think the difference with that is that like this, even if you've never really experienced this before, you're gonna get. And with like the Gonzo Merkborg, if you haven't really experienced that like weird dark like metal to the point it's a joke gonzo-ness yeah like if you don't have like a frame of reference for it sometimes it's hard to grasp and i think i think that's what i mean sometimes when i say like a lot of like the kind of like shovelware murkborg stuff like i feel like maybe people just like don't <laughs> eventually quite... we're gonna get an angry comment from somebody but you called it shovelware oh i've never I, I would never like list the ones that i think just aren't good I know, um, but someone's gonna someone's gonna read into it like he's fucking talking about my project right now Hey, listen, everyone should love their project. Um, but um, but I think I think you're right in the sense that, like, I think that tone of like the gonzo 
super darkness is harder tone to hit on the head just right yeah then this one i think would be a lot more freeing where like and it, it literally even just says like not sure who gives a shit pick a trope and turn the volume up like just go yeah. you're completely right this one has like almost more of an approachable weirdness um than like the dark gonzo of merc borg but yeah you're right like the 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 venn diagram of this and merc borg like has a lot of overlap in that yeah. like i think people that like merc borg will absolutely love this as long as they don't hate the 80s you know what i mean right. like yeah Who even then the 80s? that's like the easiest part to you weren't even alive were you no i was born in the 90s um, old man the um i mean i was alive down, but i know? didn't appreciate it like this um but yeah, I, I think you're totally right. I think this one just here's the other thing too. When I first read through this, I was like '80s Doom biker stuff. I was like, I just I don't like hair metal and all the other shit. When I read through it, I was just like, man, that's the easiest part to pull out. And even those parts are the fun parts that I really enjoy. Like when you actually go through the Spotify soundtrack, you're like, oh, okay, I totally. This is like Sabbath and fucking Megadeth. This isn't fucking ACDC and and um um. What what are the what are the worst hair metal one? I mean, I like ACDC, but like, but like, yeah, it's not Poison and Wasp and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking Megadeth Guns and Caius and, and shit. Yeah, nah, yeah. So anyway, so um, yes, completely agree. The tongue in cheek is fantastic. The fourth wall breaking is fantastic, and the approachable kind of like weird goofiness is is really really cool, and I enjoy it a lot. Um, how do you get to the mortal realm? You travel from hell. Uh, you travel from Hell to Earth and back through hidden cosmic pathways called portals to find one you need a hell ride. A successful brains test and D6 hours of searching. Portals on Earth are usually found in abandoned locations. And hell, they're usually found in limbo. Great page here. I really feel like that's Pennywise. Am I wrong? I don't know. I can't tell. Maybe, like actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the gang emerges from... Hit me with a D6. Four. Uh, the gang emerges from the last scarlet rays from the dying sun glinting against the road. Um, red night, the riders come, engines roaring, tires screaming. Pray they find what they seek, lest our endings come to be. I love this page, too, of just, like, the, like, all of the heads of, like, so many, like, famous people, like, all laid out. Like, I'm pretty positive that one on the top left is Michael Jackson. We got, like, the Wolfman. We got, um, oh, looks God, like a screaming. Is that Michael Jackson? It might be. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying it is. Um, uh, it's just a great, a great shot here. Um, so where are the fugitive archons? Some roam the country as prolific serial killers or leaders of strange cults. Others have become scheming corporate CEOs. A few are already toward the ideas of sending to powerful political figures, and some may have assumed the shapes of machines or even buildings. Um, whatever they are, they must be stopped at all costs. This whole section here, I love it. It's very, like, a black section in the middle with, like, half-tone textures all around the outside. This is a very legible section. I, I do really enjoy that once they get to the part that you, like... I mean, I feel like you really need to know the character creation section. It's hardest to read. Like, all of this is incredibly legible. I'm questing on Earth. The mortal world sometimes takes uh, seems strange and different to grasp for humans accustomed to hell savage customs. Um, frequently, all they get is vague directions. Yeah. Um, also, remember to collect a souvenir that takes you back home. So, the gang is looking for who? Hit me with the D20. 16. 
Ooh, the gang is looking for the Grim Juggernaut. Um, D20 roll table for who you're looking for. Um, where are they looking? Hit me with another D20. Uh, 14. Ooh, they're looking, uh, sitting on the throne of glass. Um, we heard a howling and a low grave rumbling in the distance, and then we saw them. A um, little bit more uh, lore here. Um, great. I mean, I'm not reading through all the lore. You need to, though. The writing in this is so fucking fantastic. Um, another D20 for where shit can happen. Nine. Uh, a state-of-the-art skyscraper. So these are roll tables for, like, like random shit that happens, like, on Earth. Like, when you're, like, between, like, hunting archons or just while you're on Earth. These are great roll tables for, like, quests or in-between quests or just, like, when random shit is happening. Um, assorted 80s accessories. Hit me with a D12. What? Up 12? Uh, a BDSM leather collar. Nice. Dope. So you think death, pain, and weakness are funny? Going around causing havoc? Guess what? It is. Um, brutal, goddamn awesome, and happening tonight. So there's um, there's also a couple sections through where there's like a character, specifically like Geraldo, the Infernal Jester, who like talks through this section too, which is also really fantastic. Um, okay, there's a D12 quest table, and this is again for Earth. So hit me with one of those. I rolled a 12 again. Dope. Um, an extremely sadistic Archon has assumed the shape of an immense black truck. It's terrorizing Route 66. His reign of terror must stop. Oh, so, the Grim the, Juggernaut. That, and that's perfect. You know? Yeah. So good. Um, celebrities. Uh, there are NPC celebrities. Debauchery and Mayhem. Um, another uh, section here from um, Geraldo the Jester. Um, there's different cults. That you can go through the Children of the New Dawn. Love that. Uh, Disciples of Abraxas, um, mm -hmm. the Cabal, you know, um, uh, something here from Azoria, the Fallen Philosopher. They also wrote the Free Will section um, earlier. That's great. Uh, recommended city scenarios, uh, Las Vegas, New York, Mexico City, and Tokyo. Um, and there's different sections for each of that and what's happening in there. But very, like, cinematic. Like, that's where all movies in the 80s happened. Um the only real places the four cities that's all that existed uh, remember always <laughs> the universal decree thou shalt not intervene in the affairs of man yeah sure fuck that it says um on the road random road kill hit me with the d12 nine uh the remnants of what seems like a mutated lizard his innards spilled across the asphalt um, there's a biker gang name. Hit me with 2d12. And then I'm probably going to just cruise through some of these other ones. Five and three. So you are the morbid Avengers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the morbid uh, Avengers. It's just like, it's just like the regular Avengers, but just dark and gruesome in every way. Um, anything with the seven is the best. Um, you could be the throbbing pounders the or the throbbing, throbbing daddies. Yeah. I mean, I'm going with Throbbing Daddies, but, you know, teach their own. There's uh, vehicle chase mechanics, which are really cool. So you roll a 2d6 for each position. Um, when pursuing an enemy, you must advance d6 positions. Each position requires a corresponding test adjusted by the NPC's level. On a failure, your vehicle takes damage, right? So there's six positions. 
Um, you can do a sharp turn, obstacles in the road, vehicles traveling, pedestrians, poor visibility, enemies, and there's different, you test the different stats for that. And there's uh, range and melee attacks um, are in here too. Range attacks allow you to attack from a position away and melee, you have to be in the same spot. Um, and if your vehicle at zero, you crash and roll a complication on the spills and thrills table. Um, so there's a whole table specifically for mechanized we stuff. We have to roll on that table. I know we're trying to cruise a little bit of it, but we have to, we have to for sure roll yeah. on that table. Yeah, hit me with the D12. D12. A one. Ooh, dope. What do we get? Oh, you got flayed. Sun-kissed asphalt exacts its pound of flesh. <laughs> Leather ruptures. Legs are sundered. A blood-streaked fishtail burn on the highway tells your story. Take one damage. Um, one of the things I do really love about this table specifically is there's a lot of, like, um, uh, why is the word escaping me? It's tables inside tables. Like, um, it's not pocketed. Um, there's a word nested for tables. nested tables. Yeah. So, like, uh, for example, like, um, if you get amputated, there is a, you do a D6 for which part of you gets amputated. Or if you're mangled, <laughs> um, it's a different... Um, like ragdoll, face ache. So there's like a lot of nested tables in that one, which I really enjoy. Um, there's biker punk encounters, which are cool, like low level punks, like, you know, anarchic burnt bikers, biker cultists. There's a whole uh, D12 table for that. Um, Marath the Destroyer contemplated the object bewildered. Um, uh, Oh, I love this one. So I'm going to finish what I just said. Maratha Destroyer contemplated the object, bewildered. The shiny metallic surface felt cool in his hands. The bubbling liquid still lingered in his mouth. So much pleasure must surely be a sin. He would definitely bring a dozen or so of these quote-unquote soda cans with him. So, <laughs> demon seen soda for the first time. Um, beware the American dream. Um, it roams limbo in the mortal realm like a restless, hungering spirit. So, um... A lot of flavor sections here. There's like a whole two-page section of like story and bits, which are really, really fucking cool. There's a big section on hell, I think, is after this next section. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're here to hunt uh, tonight. The asphalt burns. So yeah, hell, abandon hope, all you who went to here. So everything that we just did, there's a ton of tables for actually doing all of that stuff in hell too. And I really love that because I would do a shitload of stuff in hell. So it says a veil exists between the world above the realms that are... Um, between the world above and the realms that are below and shadow came into being beneath the veil and that shadow became matter and that shadow was projected apart. Um, the hypostasis of the archons, um, Nagamadi scriptures. So making sense of hell, basically it just says, this is hell. It's projection of earth, but down in hell, um, there are circles. Archons control the circles. There are many circles as, uh, there are needs to be for different types of sins and the archons actually compete with each other. Um, to make the coolest circles and the only um, it's called infernal brutalism brutalism is my favorite type of architecture to begin with of course because i'm a piece of shit edgelord um uh -huh. but infernal brutalism where literally it can be as like fucked up and dark and cool as you want the only um rule basically is it has to cause punishment and pain so make anything you want as cool as you want but it has to hurt um the dark master is missing um, authority is challenged. Duties and responsibilities are being like ignored and stuff like that. Um, and that's kind of where you're at. So the dark thrones, why shouldn't they seek, uh, a rulership that is neglected? You know, the rule is do what thou wilt. So there are this, do you want to roll on these or I'm going to just cruise through the, what the tables are. Well, let's just cruise. I'm actually, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm actually in the, 
Galleria right now looking at the art piece. There you go. So there <laughs> are D6 <laughs> there are D six vistas in hell. Um, like a bare field consisting of the faces of sinners buried looking upwards. Um, <laughs> there are, I said D6, but there's way more. There's actually um, uh, D20 of those, but it says D6 at the top. Um, uh, D6 uh, weather in hell, um, like it rains blood or broken glass. Um, there's D6 random demons um, with stats and everything. So there's uh, something like... Um, Looks like a chaplain with a chainsaw arm. Definitely not him. Um, oh, it looks like Charlie Chaplin with a chainsaw arm. Level one, chainsaw plus three, HP eight. Um, there is random demonic rabble. Um, I will say that this is some of, I mean, and clearly because black and red in me, this is some of my favorite graphic design throughout the entire book. Like so much of like how many circles are in hell, as many as mankind sins. Um, it's almost all black and red, some splatters of white. It's all demonic and fucked up. Like the regions in hell, um, the different um, reality warps caused by archons within their circles, um, like blood seeps from nearby crevices and whatnot. Um, Have you gone over arch notable archons from the Infernal Domains? Because there's a face on that that I think is maybe my favorite face in this area. It's uh, after Archon Powers, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, <clears throat> I've gone through the whole thing. Um, archon Powers, Archon Reality Warps. Oh, here's Archon Powers. Like, um, control weather and temperature, transform inanimate objects. Oh, you're talking about the stretched out face? No, the next one. Oh, gotcha. Um, Archon protections. So these are cool. So this basically is like an Archon building mm -hmm. table. So if you're down there, so like you can be immune to infernal powers. So then you're fucked. Um, or acid blood. Successful of melee attacks against them. Destroy weapons and deal two damage. And then, oh, are you talking about this two-faced one? I don't know why, but I really like it. It's like, so good. I think there's like two. Really good... Oh, hmm? I think there's like two of these two-faced ones. This is really mm -hmm. neat, yeah. This looks like they put it on like a like a scanner and then like stretched and they it. Moved while it, was it being as scanning it. <laughs> so good. But yeah, notable mm -hmm. archons from the Infernal Domains: Burzuth, Marat the Choir, Chorus of Sloth. So these are ones that are in Infernal Domains, but I think this is a great table that you can also use. Like, be like, oh, Yorl the infant is now a fucking truck on the whatever. Um, <laughs> Uh, favorite music. Uh, oh, Inferno Decree says the Dark Master's favorite music has to be like blasted throughout hell. So, um, and then why is the Dark Master disappeared? There's a D6 table for where, where hell, where Satan went. Um, I feel like, I don't know, these feel very human to me. So it's interesting that some of them are just like, oh, like they got into a fiery love with a fallen angel and are on a careless road trip. Like, I kind of like that it's just like, oh, like it's so like. I think I would them. leave that one blank as well. I don't need an explanation for everything. No. Like, I think it, I think it's interesting, but like I don't necessarily would tell the players that they literally are just like chilling in Vegas um, or something, you know. Um, oh, here's another of those two page spreads, uh, the faces like you're talking about. But yeah, the one that mm, yeah. Yeah, you were talking about was, yeah. But oh, God, I do love the graphic design all the way through the entire thing. All section on Limbo. There's a D12 quests in hell, which is really cool. Um uh, oh, so there's an, uh, the Abyss section, which is great. So basically, um, the Abyss is where the alien gods of the bygone era, the primordials, await, subdued by deep slumber. 
Um, and I love this part so much. The lore of this just gets me. The site is guarded by a celestial and infernal kingdom. On one side is the archangel Abaddon, who sits silently, his gaze perpetually fixed on the void below. Some say he has long gone mad or worse. On the opposite side is the archdemon Karonzon. His bitterness as great as a bottomless pit he guards. His schemings earned him this duty. And it says, I who fought in San Quentin and Antioch indulged myself in butchery, gorged in the blood of the innocent, their children and their saints, felt the land dark, um, wet as a uh, devouring kiss. Uh, there it was revealed to me a great mouth greater than all the stars waiting patiently on the other side. Heed me, for I have seen the world become a parody of itself and scattered like the pieces of a million broken mirrors. The son of Eve crying, whom like man, whom like us? Know that they too will fall like our light bringer did ages past. Mm, so good. Um, Limbo is a nexus between worlds. There's a great... This piece is also one of my favorites, most random reason. It's a spider, but like it's like middle body and head are just the head of a classic 90s like leotard wearing like sweat brow <laughs> uh, like workout video uh, lady love that got the sweat band and everything you know? yeah yeah uh vistas and there's a lot of hell vistas in limbo randoms encounters in limbo um there's another others section there's still other bad guys that are or other like things that are in hell like cambion celestials cops um, I love this one. So uh, the kingdom of hell bars all cops entry. Hell doesn't even want them. So they are condemned um, to uh, maraud through limbo forever. Um, uh, Dagon, exorcists, primordials. Like primordials are level four and it says variable godlike powers. That's it. Skinwalkers, vampires, everything. And then we get to the end. Um, this is the adventure. Uh, so this is chapter one. Your opening track is Angels of Death by Hawkwing. It's in New York City. You hunt Moloch the Hunger is the quest and the hint. And there's a hint here, which is usually given by the auspice. We're not going to read the adventure because we don't read adventures here. I will say it does. I don't know how you would do it really that much differently, but I, I will say reading through the adventure, it does feel a little bit railroady. Like it, yeah, it definitely has, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind if it leaned a little bit more into like a, like a Nate Dream style of like I just say the parts that I don't like about adventures here to specifically it's like like if the PCs do this interesting thing they'll find that and it's like I feel like that makes the GM go okay well then I have to do that thing versus just laying out the evidence laying out what's there and like letting the GM and PCs kind of discover what they want to do so it, it does a lot of that where it's just like if they do this they'll get that if they do this they'll get that kind of thing and I'm okay without that but the layout of it's really great. It looks really cool. Um, it uses some. Um, it uses the um, uh, uh, race mechanics, which is a cool way to really like pull that into the first adventure. Um, again, the layout's great. The, the, this entire section, um, and then we get to um, the Galleria. So let's scroll through that real quick, and then we're done. I love that. It's just like there's a whole subsection at the back of this that is just an art just dump like where it's just like page after page of a really good great art for this game um so it's so good it's just so good like that that is that the first spread yeah the first spread yeah. is the most unique of everything it doesn't it like it totally matches the vibe but it's stylistically totally its own thing oh yeah oh yeah i i this but it's probably my favorite art piece like yeah. I love this so much. It's it's, oh, it's no, uh, I'm still a green motorcycle guy, a pink backdrop guy. Oh That's yeah, that one's one. dope. 
But th this one's got like, I can't even describe it. you got to, everyone in YouTube, everyone <clears throat> on the podcast, guess what? You're not going to get descriptions of this part for the most part. Go check out the PDF. Watch this on YouTube. We're going to scroll through the Galleria. It's fucking beautiful. Love these. Um, two great pieces here. Also love these. Um, the gang on the right, the single dude on the left. Um, this piece here, uh, clearly oh. Johan. Couldn't be more Johan. Wait, which piece? This piece right here says Hell Knight. Oh, now yeah, the dragons are the king that, of Yes, super Johan. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that the biker gang around the guy in the desert reminds oh. me of the final circle of hell from Dante Alheri's uh, Inferno. Okay. Um, at the bottom of hell, uh, Satan stands in a sea of ice. Um, and he's like within his mouth, he's chewing on like Judas and Cassius and Brutus. Doesn't really matter, but it really reminds me of that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's if that's it. And I, I really love that it looks kind of like maybe I'm wrong, but do the faces still look like collage to you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. To super. Okay, cool. That's obviously a background piece of art, too. I can see the stars and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah. Johan. Yeah, this is clearly Johan piece of art. Love that two-page spread. The other thing that I didn't mention a whole lot is, like, dragons still exist in hell, which, I mean, is a thing. Like, there's a dragon mm -hmm. down there. Also, Tiamat in D&D is also, like, uh, housed in hell. Um, so I do love that, like, the dragons still exist, and that's cool. These two spreads that are very, very magazine-y, I love the fuck out of these. Ride Beyond and Behold, and then um, both of those. Really great. Like, ghoulish one on the right, badass biker chick on the or on the left, badass biker chick on the right with, like, a, a scythe. Yes, this this collage halftone. This is one you're talking about, right? The, um, yeah, sorry, the I was biker. looking at the Roman numerals for... I assume it's 2022. Oh, um, 1983. That'll do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. that the like, I would I love, love this as a poster. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the poster I did. Here's the thing. I do like the poster that I got, but it might be one of my least favorite pieces because I feel like it says the least about like the game. You know what I mean? Like it's dope because it's like the leather hand with the wrist and like the chain and stuff like that. It's very that biker. Is an interesting choice of all the art pieces to do as the poster. It would have been yeah. like. I don't mean it's the bad way, but it might have been my last choice. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's fantastic because they're yes, all fantastic. It, it's still good, but like, yeah. but I think it says the least about the game. I think so too. I mean, I, I would have the ride beyond uh, and behold one. Like that's oh. the one that I think is like a very perfect poster for yeah. this. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. Still, yeah. Also, I think those would also be dope. Like. Those look very much like covers of a book, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, like, they look like the old 1980s posters from bands that you did from a, ba a metal yeah. band. That you would see, yeah. You know? But you're right. I would love this as a cover, and I can't wait to get it as a cassette um, when oh, uh, yeah. Matt drops the, that. Um, I love the one on the right here, too, though. Hell Knight, The Hunt for the Fugitive Archons. That's a great fucking piece. Um, oh, yeah. Here's that poster. Again, it's gorgeous. It's a stunning fucking poster. It looks a little bit more like a movie poster to me. Um, and it's really it's a fantastic piece. I really enjoy yeah. it. But again, I feel like if I saw that, I would not think of this game. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm looking. I'm looking for your name in the. Um, oh well, a don't say it out loud for my Kickstarter name, and I'm b not say your name out loud. Uh, it's not my real name. It's my Kickstarter name. Um, I oh. also love this spread here on the back. Um, 
with like Satan on the one side and then like the motorcycle and the skulls. There's a quote from Hunter S. Thompson in here too, which is really cool oh, about um, the Hell's Angels. Yeah. Um, and then this. Okay. So I love this is how you do a character sheet. A, put it in the back of the book. And B, and they do the same thing in Warplan, and I'm pretty sure NeuroCity as well. They give you a character sheet and literally right next to it, a filled out character sheet. Yeah. Which I love. Like, like that's such a good thing. Just give me a spread so it shows me how to fill it out correctly. I love that. And then we get to the backers, um, the Ravel and the Slayers. I'm in the Slayers. Um, there's a QPR code in the back for the playlist um, that you can find on Spotify that has a lot of the original music as well as just a lot of like thematic music. And there's like 10 hours long playlist. Um, and then the back of the book, which is really fantastic. So that is uh, that is Hell Knight. I I love this game. I love it even more going through it with you. And um, yeah, I, and, I definitely uh, I like it more having gone through it with you as well. Like I didn't mm-hmm. dislike this at first. It just wasn't really my vibe. But like I really there's a lot of really great stuff in here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, on on reading through it in a rule system that is just written in a much more clear way, I yeah. really enjoy this system too. So we'll get I to that. I really enjoy the system a lot more than the last time we read it. And I'm I'm kind of tempted to do, I might go back through war plans. Um, I'm pretty busy this week at some point and like side by side compare if there are any actual major differences. Cause I honestly don't remember. So but, I think the core system is pretty much the same, and there's just some changes with like character and guns and stuff like that. Um, but I also want to go back through Warplane too with a better understanding of the rules and reread it because I know I'm going to like it way more now that right. it makes a little bit more sense. Um, so let's let's, keep, let's rate the game. Let's rate the game. So for those, real quick rundown for. Um, uh, review scores. We're going to review Hell Knight. Uh, we have five metrics that we use. We give up to 10 points each. Um, five is not bad. It's just average if we have nothing good or bad to say. Um, I feel like there's a lot more games that should have got fours and stuff like that. Regardless, if, there, if, if things are just like, meh, it's fine. No good, no bad. It's a five. Um, 10 would have to pretty much be the greatest version of this we've ever seen. Um, so we have a lot of things between like fives and eights. Um, so we have art and layout, which is just visually the art if we like it, how much there is, all that kind of stuff. And layout, we're talking just visually the layout. Is it is it um, enticing? Is it is it cool to look at and stuff like that? Then we get to usability, which counts all of our digital tools, like maps if you need it, um, uh, bookmarks, legibility, readability, all those kind of things. Like how, how easy is it to use this book at the table and how easy is it to, to parse the information? Um, rule set is exactly what it sounds like, the rule set. If it's an original rule set, do we like it? If it's adapted, how well is it adapted? Originality is kind of a catch-all for like all of those things combined into various ways. If you do art in a very original way, that counts here. The rule set's very original, that counts here, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then value is a uh, bang for your buck, not just the, the cost of the game itself, but what you get in addition. Third-party licensing, online generators, character sheets, any bonuses that you get. So total bang for your buck. Like if you spend X amount, how much cool shit do you get? So starting with art and layout, what are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, I'd be, I would have a hard time giving this any lower than a nine. I mean, I mean, it's I, an art, it is an art book. Like it is an art book, and it, it attempts to be an art book, and it is successful in its attempt to be an art book. It's cool all the way through. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna say? Tell me. I was gonna say. Here's the thing. I could theoretically give a ten to a book that had zero art in it at all if the layout was so insanely 
amazing and all that kind of stuff too so like just the fact that there is a fuckload of art in it doesn't necessarily like a book that doesn't have any art isn't necessarily just going to get a five because it's layout and everything too but i will say as far as my brain works and i'm pretty sure it's the same as yours when i think of this category this is the kind of shit i think of yes totally this is is yeah absolutely i mean it's not you're right it's not the amount of art but the art's great um Insane. and there's so a ton of art and there is a ton of great art in this um and i you know we'll talk about readability and usability right but other mm. than that like the layout is cool it looks very cool um yeah i think i'm at a solid nine for this here's 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 the thing okay give me your thing i'm i'm totally fine giving this a 10 i actually think we should give it a 10 yeah yep yep i mean i yeah let me pull that up like i i just think like and not just again because of the art so much there's a lot of great art pieces but there's way more layout in this than art and it's stunning it's gorgeous it's put together in such an insanely interesting way and let's not also like let's also readdress the fact that most of this book was handmade and then scanned in like it's not just digital, which is fine if it was, but like the fact that most of this was put together old school zine style and then put into the book makes it that to me is what takes it from a nine to a 10 to know yeah, that so just, much of this I, is I, hand I think done. of the pages that stand out to me, like um, the auspices page, right? Uh, where it says it, it. it's like that smokestacks and the power, like the um, uh, power plant kind of looking thing, the fallen page where it's all stretched out. It's got the feather. Um the oh what's the what's the dark blob monster what's that on uh duties the duties like i like oh yeah there's just so much that's very iconic it stands out very well okay but yeah 10 well, and and the galleria in the back like in the just like hey, let, the me, let me let me reach out to some of the greatest artists out there and have them make, put shit together for this and just give you at the end of your art book <clears throat> another little art book like yeah so fucking good like i mean I, like, it, to it me honestly to it's, be, not even an, it's not even an like argument an to me like my brain dude my brain literally just went 10. Like, why wouldn't you give this a 10? But what were you saying about it being an art book? Oh, I mean, this is like, it's almost like it's such a good art book that's like a coffee table art book. You're like, no, I leave it on the coffee table because look, look how fucking cool this shit is, you know? Dude, if this was twice as big, I would just throw this right on my coffee table or even oh, half yeah. again as big. Like, you could easily just clunk this down, like, increase the, the heaviness of the paper by like two so it's enormous and like manuscript style this. Uh, this is definitely one of the ones that I would just leave out so people can flip through and just be like, what is that? And you're like, oh, you know, that's just, you know, core. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's so fucking cool. Um, you really, Ryan. Okay. So I am willing to take into account the read-only version. I agree. I think we should, as far as usability goes, I think I think we have to look at them together. Okay. I do agree with that completely. I, do I think... still am going to say that for me personally, it is going to take off that I have to use a second document a little bit to read through things. Like I'm going. It is both a positive and also kind of a negative. Yes. I, I couldn't agree more. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's just that, like, the fact that you need to have a read-only version detracts. It means I can't read your book. It means I can't yeah. read your book. <laughs> it means I can't read your fucking book. And it's fine <laughs> because it is an art book. Totally understand that. Taking that fully into account, I totally fucking understand that. And here's the thing. You know what it would take for me not to take any points away? Hmm. What? A print, a print of the read only, yeah, because then I could use it at the table. 
And I, I, I think another merit of the of the read only is that if you are somebody who is differently abled, who's user or disabled, whatever term you prefer to use for yourself, um, that uses a screen reader has like and has a need to use a screen reader, like that opens up you using this game. Like, and not like, oh, hey, this game's been out for like a couple of years and it's really popular. So we're now going to add like a paint, play and print version. Like, hey, we're releasing that. We've released this game and there's a read through version that is easy for screen readers to grab from. And it's like, okay, well, that gives it a lot of usability, you know? You know what I do want to do? I'm going to download this real quick. I, I should have done it before. So people out How there can you, see can see what the read only looks like. Like, I want them to see it. Because I will say another thing that like makes it where I can't just like not not detract a point is because it is still set on um, it is still set on a parchment background. Mm, yeah, it's got that weird like like crumpled paper kind of thing going on. It's not. I mean, I wouldn't quite say it's parchment, but what do I know? Honestly, you know. So. Yeah, but you know, it's like a paper. It's a paper, not parchment. Right? It's paper. So first yeah. of all, I I love this cover so much with yeah, this like almost really like Catwoman badass on it. So this is how the whole thing is laid out. Um, and I will say that um, a lot of there's a lot more hyperlinks throughout the entire thing. Um, like you were saying, the the rules are all completely hyperlinked. I don't know if you said there are bookmarks in this, right? No. Um, I will say I don't think the inline hyperlinks are are hyperlinked in this one either. Um, they're not, which is fine. But here's my only issue is like, so if we look at this section here, that paper background, although I love it because reading it, I will say stark white for this much will hurt your eyes. So I love that it's got that little bit of a texture. But I would almost would this is asking a lot. I almost want three versions. If you're going to give me the read only, um, give me one without that background so you're that such I can a piece print of it. Shit, Ryan. No, no, no. So I can print it for the table. You know what I mean? Like because I'm not going to print this. You know how much black ink it's going to use to print 145 pages oh, yeah. of, of this texture. Totally. Um, so if you already have this, just drop off that paper background so it's just black and white as like a you have a read only. Have like a print only version too. Um, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, but but this is how for those in podcast land that didn't see before, this is how readable the book is by itself. It is still incredibly easy to read. It's 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 big font. It's bite sized pieces, like you said before. Super fucking easy to read, especially so as you readable. said, something God, like an so <laughs> It's it's really really good. The like I was saying too, the only way that I wouldn't deduct points for usability is if that would have come in print with the book. And I had two books, one for a table, one for just being an amazing art piece. So I will say usability, we do have to deduct points, even though it won't be a ton of points because all the legible sections, you can just go to the read only page, which came with the book. Um, and, so GM screen, in my opinion, GM fits with usability. Like you, this is something that I will use at the table. Um, and it actually has information that I will use at the table. It's got hit points. It's got combat distances. It's got the critical hit tables. Um, it's got the things that I actually need when I'm doing combat. Very legible, very easy to read. Bam, right there at the table. And it's beautiful. So that counts into usability for me. And I think the also, digital if you, tools. If you buy this right now um, from Exalted Funeral, um, that actually does come with it still as well. Dope. Fuck yeah. Um, 
I think um, you said this does have bookmarks in the read-only section, right? Yeah, tons of bookmarks in the read-only section. Um, hyperlinks, no inline hyperlinks, but you know that that's a that is a lot. Even though I I do feel like that should be the standard, but it's not. But like, so to me, I think it's about I think it's about standard for usability. Um, yeah with a plus and a minus that I think basically weigh each other out. So where are you at on usability? I mean, I mean, I think the game's in a good order, right? Like it, the order in which the rules are laid out makes sense. Mm -hmm. If I need to reference stuff, I kind of already know whereabouts it's going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, the read only sick. Um, I mean, it does suck that it needs read only, but like, I mean, but but I've said before, I mean, I said it a long time ago, but I said this before, and I still believe that every game that's stylized needs a read-only because if you have to use a screen reader, a lot of times these very artistic books make it hard to pull from. So I think that for me, that's more of a plus than it is a minus. It's a very minor minus. It's more of a plus. Mm -hmm. um, I think no inline hyperlinks. I think I'm about an eight, honestly. Oh, that's, 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 I mean, that's, that's higher than where I'm at. Where are you? I was I was I was at maybe like a soft seven for for this. Why? Um, what it's not what it's it's what it's where it could be more. You know what I mean? Like okay. a like I think the you have to deduct a point no matter what because the book itself is not you can't read it. Like you can't right. read it. Okay. You can't parse it at the table, right? But here's the thing. I'm deducting one and not like two or three points for literally not being able to read the book because we have the read-only. You right. almost give the read-only two points because it is a read-only because of the reasons you said, for especially for um, people with a need for that. That's really fantastic. I will say the fact – I was surprised when I saw the read-only that it had that paper background because it means I can't print it. So that mm. to me makes it – so okay. I mean – Eight, eight anymore for us is like super high. I feel like the GM screen is great. Um, yeah. Could have a little bit more information on it though. It's pretty much just your critical hit tables and the basic stat stuff. Okay, so like, we'll go with a, we'll go with a seven. And I think seven is extremely generous for usability too, considering it doesn't even have high, inline hyperlinks and the and the book doesn't have a bookmark. Oh yeah, it's true. It doesn't have a bookmark, huh? So you you just double check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta make sure. <laughs> I think seven is is pretty generous for this, and uh, like the seven and eights for any book on usability is pretty high. Like I'm fine with that. I'm it's acceptable yeah. to me. Okay. Uh, rule set. Now that we can understand it, I mean it's good. It's really good. Um, I yeah. really enjoyed the rules. Um, yeah. I would really I would like to play this. It, I think. One of the things we pointed out earlier, getting rid of advantage and disadvantage and just having like pluses and minuses, it's like, man, God, that's good. It's one less thing to like think about or worry about. And like it makes it like much more ingrained at the table where you're like, well, hey, would this be a little bit easier for me? It's like, yeah, it would be minus one or whatever um, yeah. or whatever, plus one. I can't remember. You're adding it to the the target, not the dice roll. Um, so, yeah, point. I like that about it. I like it's 2d6 roll under. I think that's cool and unique enough for me but also within the realm of what i like um personally um yeah i like the rule set yeah i feel like 2d6 roll under stat is a very nice middle ground for you and me because 2d6 yeah. is my favorite d20 roll under is your favorite so doing it together like i really enjoy it i like and having I the really... complications like to give it that kind of like partial success you know like mm -hmm. 
I do love that. I love that it's, and I also love that it's like you're fucked either way. It's just whether you get what you want and you're fucked, or you don't <laughs> get what you want and you're fucked. Um, I I do like the NPC leveling. I know we missed that when we did Warpland, but I do really like that. Like it auto balances itself based on like what you're fighting. Um, I I really enjoy. it. I think it's a brutal system. I think I mean as far as like the games that I like to run, two d six brutal, very low healing. I mean you're describing you're describing yeah. like if I was gonna make a game, that's kind of shit I would do. You know what I mean? So like I really 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 like the rule set a lot actually, which is funny because it's the same rule set we gave before too. This is what cracks me up the most because I'm right? we gave this a four. Hey man, listen, we can read it better this time. I also think the NPC section was weirdly placed in more planes, and so yes. we actually, that's why we missed it. Yeah. Um, and we were also so frustrated with trying to read up to that point that we just basically yeah. started skimming the rules anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um I I really what's like I'm at a I'm at a pretty easy eight for this easy. Yeah, I'm like, a pretty easy eight for this one rules wise. So, yeah, like I mean, above that, we're pretty much talking about like the best games we've ever which, played. I'm now I'm really interested to go back to Warplanes because I really like the setting of Warplanes, um, and I'm like, oh man, I need to go back and reread the rules. Um, um, it's funny we literally giving the exact same. It's not the exact same because of character creation and stuff like that. Because let's also talk about the way they do character creation. My goodness, like the flaws, the armor, like rolling oh. for everything, like all of that, which I'm sure is similar to the way they did in Warplane too. But my God, so good, so flavorful, so much fun. And I was thinking also about the um, – I was thinking about this earlier, uh, right, or at least right when we started talking about this, um, the, like, chase rules. Um, good. Oh, what a good thing to – it seems like it works really well. And what a good thing yeah. to bake into your motorcycle, uh, like, Hellrider game. Um, you, you have to. Like, how would you not have chase rules? And not only are there chase rules, like, the intro adventure has an emphasis on yeah. that. And I think that that's that's a great thing. I think some intro adventures like kind of miss sometimes is that you want to, if you have these really cool systems and rules, you want to immediately implement them in an adventure so that people are like, oh, that's what this game is. Um, it yeah. does that really yeah. well. Um, Dude, every time yeah. I think about the rule set more, there's more things I like about it. You know, yeah. we've only given one game a 10 ever. I don't know if we're ever going to give another one for Was us to both agree. that way of 10? No, I would. That's one where I'm like, it's a, it's a nine point six for me. Yeah, kingdoms, kingdoms, and that's just oh, because of the God, layers. So good, yeah. yeah. It's so good. Um, I mean, the fact that how dark it is and that's into the object is like your favorite. Like, I I don't see us ever seeing another game where we both go, yes, perfect. You know what yeah. I mean? Okay, um, so originality. Back to where yes. we are. Name me another 80s Doom biker metal from hell game. There might be one. There might be. Yeah, I could name a bunch of other like really 80s games, but this is like, I like that. The only other game I think that I could even closely like stylistically compare this to or thematically compare it to would be Cyber Metal. And it's you not the same. A little bit. Little but, like, bit yeah. It touches on it, right? Like, yeah. But, that's kind of the only one and that's not even really the same thing at all um yeah but but thematically i get what you're saying in that it's a it's a weird kind of like i mean that feels more like 90s punk hell yes but thematically i do think that is is from what we've gone through before that's one that i would think would be closest in the like the web of what is like this i agree yeah but i'm trying like i mean there's a lot of games like um that take inspiration from like 80s like metal um, like what's that one Viking um space game? Help me out. Oh, oh, oh! You're talking about um, 
You're talking about uh, Viking uh, Viking Death, Death Squad? Squad. Yeah, Death Squad, Viking Death Squad, um, or something like that. Uh, yeah, like, but, but but it it very 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 specifically is Black Sabbath. Yeah, and like, it's just Black Sabbath, is... and it's it's just that, and it's yeah. I think this kind of stands like very well on its own. You know. Yeah. And again, um, originality wise, I know it's a system that's been used before, but it's 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 the creator's home system. Like it yeah, is not an adapted it's system. system. It's their yeah. own system, which I think uh, plays into originality too. It's it's an original system in an original setting with an art book that was done mostly by hand. I mean, fuck, dude, like. It's way the fuck up there for me. I don't know it's about you. It's way up there. I mean, I think also the whole art book done by hand thing adds, like, now that you say that a lot, I'm like, damn, that does add a lot to it. Have we ever given a 10 for originality? Um, I think one. I think it's Necronautilus. This might land there for me. I think, so, so here's the thing when we compare those two, right? Adam also does... Every single page is a different spread. You know what I mean? Like it's right. not like it's not like I just put a bunch of columns. Let me put some layout in the back. Every page yeah. is done as its own page, which is exactly how this one works too. Yeah, you know. And I uh, here's the other thing too about Adam is they also do a lot of real world art that then gets ported in, aka cyber metal. A lot of that was actually done by hand, inked on screen, and then scanned in. So I think that's a really a really good comparison. Is actually. Adam Vassa stuff, Necronautilus, Cyber Metal, and this, because there are like, a lot of similarities to it. This is either a soft 10 or a strong as fuck 9 on originality for me. You're going to be a deciding factor on this. That's where I'm at. I Like, I think the only thing that causes me to pause on giving it a 10 is that it is a system that this creator uses. Like, that's the only thing, though. But I think that uh, to me that's not a detriment whatsoever because it is the creator's then, then, own I'm system. Not a ten. If we're saying that's not a detriment, then I'm a ten. So, uh, comparing it to the only time we have Necronautilus, the thing when we compare it, let's just go with pros, right? This one is like done by hand, um, setting that really is unique-ish for the most part, as we know. Right. When you compare it to Necronautilus, so is theirs, which is literally like. Anything that dies goes into, like, the death universe, and you are an agent within it. I feel like one of the main things that gave this a a 10 is, I mean, Ozo said this, and Necronalysis has created its own kind of, like, genre, but it's also its own system for its own game. Um, so I see what you're saying with that. But, like, mm. the rules themselves are so mind-blowing in, like, the use of words and things like that. Right, I'm like, the words, memory. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I see. I, I see. feel like I feel like I'm okay with them being both. I would be okay with them being both tens, but, like, in my mind, I think Necronautilus, because of the rules to me, and I'm a rules guy, gets the edge. Like, it would be, like, a, a, a 10.5. It would be a gold 10 versus the black 10 or black 10 versus gold 10, depending on, you know, whatever Beckett is. Um, you know what I mean? Like one's a, one's a 10, one's a pure 10. It's card grading, but, um, Oh, you fucking TCG piece of shit. So, uh, okay. I, let's give this a, honestly, a I honestly, I think, I think I'm okay giving it a 10 because of the handmade nature. Honestly. Like, yeah. I, think, I, I just I, think there's, I mean, that's not the only thing for me, but I think that really pushes it, like, above. 
I think that's what pushes it over the edge for me, realistically. Two like tens. Two, a game with two tens. This game yeah, has, well, two has two tens. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, but I, yeah. honestly, like, I think all of that together, the, it's, a, it's a unique rule system to the creator. The setting is fantastic. The art and layout are extraordinarily unique and fantastic, and so much of it was done by hand. Like, as a, as a whole project... I haven't seen one like this. And the closest, yeah. like we said, is the other 10, which would be, in my mind, Necronautilus, which is basically if this was Doom Metal, if you really think about it, because that is a Doom stoner metal game, <laughs> and this is an 80s metal game. Like, honestly, like aside from the fact that I do genuinely think the Necronautilus system far outpasses this because it far outpasses like, everything to me, right? Um, I find those to be two of the closest things that I could actually look in my head stoner do metal God, and listen metal. if you if you're listening right now still um and you have ever watched our show us comparing this actively to more than one adam vass project like cyber metal and necronauts is like that's Huge. pretty much as high a praises that you're gonna get on this show yeah, um, I've I have a whole top shelf dedicated pretty much just to Adam. Yeah. Like we have like we've never been shy about being an Adam Vast Stan podcast. And yes, comparing this to our favorite games from Adam, um, as but also in a way that it stands completely own on its own two feet in that yeah, like totally, conversation. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's like those games. I'm just saying like it's up in those upper echelons of our opinion about games, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, we ended up liking this one a lot, huh? Um value. Yeah. Value. Yeah. So um, I have it upon Exalted Funeral right now. Exalted Funeral, you get the game, the poster, the uh, like quadfold screen, um, and what else do you get, Damon? I already much, blanked on it. Pretty much everything from the Kickstarter, then. Yeah, you get everything. I mean, yeah, you get everything from the Kickstarter. Um, Forty bucks. Okay. I wonder what I, I paid for it on the. That's that's. That's not that expensive. It's not at all expensive. Um, in fact, actually, right now, right, right, right now, right now, now, uh, right now, it is on sale for oh, because of Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So like, you're gonna get right um, now thirty-two dollars. Fuck, that is kind of wild. What did I want to know? How much I paid for Ryan's for like, this? If I paid more on the Jesus. Kickstarter, I'll be pit. Okay, no. Oh, oh. So here's the thing on Kickstarter. Um, I paid $26 plus $6 shipping yeah. extremely inexpensive for the, for this that's in my hand right now. All of this was $26 crazy totally. on Kickstarter, but all of this for $32 right now $32 is right now. And even, even $40 regularly. It's just like, well, shit, man, that's a lot of stuff. That's here's the thing. We, we've, we've numerous times talked about how insane of a good print, um, Death in Space is, and it's $35, and that's insane. This is not even close to the quality of the cover for... Eh, kind of is a little different, just less foiling. Insane good deal. I will say that's an insanely good deal to get a poster, a screen, the game, hardback. Well, I assume with all the PDFs and everything, for $32 right now, yes, normally with PDF, $40. With PDF, yeah, you're I right. I think it's a great fucking deal. always with PDF. Like, yeah. They're really good about that. The other thing, too... Um, yeah, if a PDF exists, Exalted pretty much gives it to you. Um, I will say... Um, there is the there is soundtrack that you can look on Spotify. I think that that's cool as fuck. Um, just like No Future had a soundtrack, I think having that as an additive to their game is a fucking cool thing to have. Um, I think the fact that there's already a tape that exists for Hell Knight out there in the world that you can get on Bandcamp is cool. I think the fact that they have another official soundtrack in digital and also coming to cassette is more 
value in my opinion there's just more stuff you can have you can really set the scene for your game with it i think this is an insane value. i think this is a really fucking good value like in my in my opinion this is it's not free so it can't be a 10 uh, it doesn't have right. like a shitload of online generators so in my opinion it can't be a nine but i yeah. think this is about a solid a fucking eight as you can get i think it's a solid eight as well actually that's kind of where i was god this game got a fucking high score jesus christ i love the games where we talk about it beforehand and you're like yeah it's cool or whatever and then by the time we get to the end you're like no actually this is really fucking good. i always listen it, i go us going through these is always a different experience for me for me just reading it on my own um so and like a lot of times i see things from your perspective i'm like damn you're right actually i totally get that um, you know, bro, you know what's funny? Is this now our highest ranked game? <laughs> I think it is tied as our highest fucking ranked game ever. I mean, let me double check real quick here. Let me go into the weekly school. Let's go to scores. Let's look at the updated. Yeah, so no, it is one point less. The highest score we've ever given out is for Merkborg. Um, and honestly, this is why I want to go back and redo because our scores aren't even the same as they were back then. Like, we don't even have the same five metrics. Yeah. Um, but it got a 44. Oh, and the next, highest, okay. the next highest is Necronautilus at a 43. I'm um, good with that. I think that's where this game kind of deserves to be floating. You know? Yeah. And honestly, if we went back and looked at Necronautilus right now, they've added some extra content to it. We'd probably bump value up to an eight. Um, it's probably out at a 44 too. So this this uh, immediately goes into the top like two or three games that we've ever reviewed um, at a 43. Let me just double I check my I'm, math because I think I'm, I'm good at with it. that. Honestly, I just checked yeah. your math. It's 43. But like, yeah, I, I'm like, I, I'm good with that. I think that's where this should be. Yeah. Here's the other thing too. Um, as I said, going into it, I thought the part that I would like the least was the 80s part of it. But Me it's too. actually the the best part of the 80s, which is like the heavy metal side of it, not the hair metal side of it. And the other thing is, this is so easily adaptable. We talked about this before it started. There is such a tiny bit of flavor that you would have to do to turn this into like medieval. You know what I mean? And yeah. the Archons are out on the, the thing, too. Yeah, but there's no reason to. You know, you're... Hell ride is a fucking pale horse, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, you're 100%. I, I think this is exactly where this belongs. And I think as like one of the top games that we've ever reviewed, um, I, th I think it's I think it's really, really, really fucking good. I think that anyone that's listening to this right now should go check out Hell Knight. And if you like um, Exalted Funeral right now, $32 is insane. Um, two things also with this game as well. Also, don't forget Sigil, the Mirrored Reality is on pre-save right now on Kickstarter oh, um, yeah. for a card game set in this world. I don't have uh, a set. I'm going to try to grab that. It's a card game that um, that the creator had previously put out. I do want to check that out. Um, so definitely want to go check out anything that's going to come out with Hell Knight. Um, but also, as far as I remember, I think that... Um, um, uh, and maybe I'm completely wrong. I hope I'm not. Um, uh, uh, Daniel Nagara's um, new podcast... Have you listened to that at all? No, I haven't. Um, if you um, if you go check out, um, I don't know why it's my brain is completely blanking on me. It's like weird. Um, bu -bu 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 -bum. Uh, I, I don't want to say Daniel Diego Nagara. My brain broke for a second. Um, but if I go to my podcast here, it is called Weird Games and Weirder People. Um, first of all, 
Diego Negra, amazing artist, designer, everything. Check out everything that Old School Publishing has ever put out, Old School Publishing that they've ever put out. Really fantastic. Um, but they have an episode dropping, as far as I know, tomorrow with the creator of this game on Halloween. So check out their episode and then our episode will probably drop in like a week because i'm a lazy piece of shit um but hey. you definitely if you're listening to this go check out um diego's podcast for uh what will be it looks like episode 13 um talking with uh gabriel Nagara, um or gabriel Kuroga. my brain is breaking i'm sorry all of latin america um definitely check out all of that uh, but this has been hell night um, love this game. Obviously, one of the top-rated games we've ever reviewed. I think it's the second highest score we've ever given out. $32 on Exalted. Go check it out. Um, I'll drop all of the links um, as long as I remember under podcast and uh, YouTube. Um, that's all I got. Hunter, what do we got coming up? Um, oh, oh, for those listening. Hey, coming up. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Um, Say Oh, yeah, coming up tomorrow. Um, so this will not be out before this drops. So if you're listening to this, go check it out. Uh, we're going to be running a Halloween episode of 10 Candles on the Adventure Archive side of the channel, um, where I will be running a Black Death, Black Plague set in England, 1348, 10 Candles um, adventure. Yeah. Uh, so go check that out on the TAA side. And coming up for us on Thursday, we have interview with some of the creators of Orbital Blues. And on Friday, we're doing a side quest of Orbital Blues uh, run by Josh Demansky with myself, Hunter here, and Marco Serrano of Spicy Tuna. Very excited for that. I'm super so excited stoked. for that. I'm super excited. I'm no actually going to listen to layout uh, or anything. I'm going I'm to listen to Marco's episode of uh, Weird Games and Weird People because uh, oh. uh, he goes on episodes. So there you go. And. Um, also, don't forget, um, we'll talk about this more on Orbital Blues, but they have Afterburn Kickstarter going on right now, so check that out as well. But we'll talk about that more on the other episode. But that's it. I got to get to work. Hunter, fantastic game, fantastic person I'm talking to. Have a wonderful evening. Um, find all of our socials on our link tree, The Weekly Scroll, and good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.